Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League Rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And here we are for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. Uh, a sad week, unfortunately, and I'll probably just get out of the way now in terms of depth in some of the reviews. Didn't get to watch all the games on the weekend, and with good reason. Um, we unfortunately lost our pop. Mm. So yeah, we did on Sunday. Hasn't been the greatest weekend. Monday morning, Sunday. Um, but between that and footy and commentating across the weekend, we usually catch up on a bit of it in the back end, but that sort of time that we generally be doing that has been spent doing the right thing, which is time with family and sorting things out and won't go into the detail of the circumstances, but definitely, yeah. Sad. Yeah. Sad and full on last couple of days, but... Sad and, yeah, hard day. That's cool. mm. But I, I must admit, like, much like we did, we spoke about Nan... Uh, both our nans over the past year as well. We were extremely lucky that they lived such long, um, meaningful lives. Pop, just short of 89. Yeah. Uh, he was a hell of a person, had a huge impact, much like both our nans on all of our family. Big personality, big life force. Uh, definitely, I think, got the talking the, the talking side of thing from that part of the family. He was also good on the microphone. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah. But it was also, again, very loving, generous, kind, every single one of us, and uh, certainly be missed. Yeah, legend. So the the leader of our family, that's for sure. Mm. Um, and we, yeah, were lucky enough to share um, his last day with him, which was, yeah, pretty special. So mm. in hindsight now, yeah. Yeah, most you definitely. just never know what's around the corner. And yeah, the weekend was proof of that. So, mm. um, yeah, tough one, man. Yep. Uh, again, like I said, I just wanted to preface that from the start, not for any other particular reason, but sometimes we go, you didn't talk about this or you missed this. Just haven't obviously watched or got our head around everything. And there's also a lot of other talking points. I've sort of having got a few messages from just other friends that I watch footy with or talk about footy with today. And I just sort of said, like, I haven't really got my head around everything that's happened this weekend with good reason. So yeah. um, we'll work with what we've got. Still plenty of good football chat. But, um, yeah, obviously big part of the weekend. So start things off. Bluebet.com.au, thank you to them. Uh, download the app today or visit the website, the True Blue Bookie. Don't bet with anybody else. They support us and our charity account. Um, still sitting at the same balance, unfortunately. Hopefully, we find ourselves a winner the week coming. Um, set of six, similar deal. Ditch that this week. We'll roll that into anything we're going to talk about the games. Um, look back at some of the NRW results as well, some of the talking points of the weekend. But for now, let's jump in and do our power rankings before we review the games from the weekends. Thank you to... The Penrith Solar Centre, Jake and the team there. Make sure you go visit that fantastic workshop, 130A Bat Street in Jemison Town. Um, they've got a bloody training facility for all their apprentices. can show you exactly what you're working with. Fantastic sales teams and information. There's no one better 
Aiden Hearn 2021 30 or www.penrosola.com.au. Number one, I don't think it's any surprise, still the Panthers. Panthers, yep. Yep. Uh, Broncos, I've still got it two. Yep, me too. And I've got the Warriors at three. Me too. Souths, I'm still holding at four. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm not. I've got the Cowboys at four. Okay. I've got the Cows at five. Uh, I've got the Storm at five. Yep. Okay, I've got the Storm at six. Bit disappointed. Uh, South at six. Mm. Uh, seven, I've got the Raiders. Me too. They almost come <clears> back. <throat> and purely with the way the ladder is right now, I've left the Eels at eight. Um, but yeah, the Sharks are yeah, obviously... I've got, I've got the Knights at eight at the moment. I think they're playing better than the Eels, the Sharks. <clears throat> well, the big thing from the results on the weekend, with the South loss... With the Eels and Sharks lost, those three teams left on 10. Two of them don't have a game in hand, Eels and South, so they're not going to have an extra game. Sharks do have the extra game, but with that, all the teams behind them have the extra game. So Newcastle and Manly in particular, we said that draw could be the difference between finals and no finals, mm. depending on how they go <clears> the next few weeks. And in particular, Newcastle's draw, I think they've got like the Dogs, the Dragons, and a few teams in there they could beat. Um, if these other couples stagnate and they hold still, it could be an even tighter finish than what we did think a week or two ago where we thought it might have been down to nine teams. I've sold my stock in the Sharks and I've sold my stock in the Eels. Well, like I said a few weeks ago and a couple of people messaged me giving it to me that I left the Sharks out of the power rankings. I said that, you know, they needed to knock somebody off in the top eight and they've copped a couple of scores and then they lost to him on the weekend. So, yeah. Um, Fanukin is now out for the season as well. <clears throat> we already, yeah, I think they're gone. already spoke about how I wasn't sold, particularly on the middle side of things. And if you can't win that part of the field, it doesn't matter what your edges are going to do. You'll get pulled apart every day of the yeah. week. And then you hear talk today that Moylan, a week after being drops, now linked to moving overseas a year early. Spoke about that last year as well, that why he had a good year. They were pushing for a two-year deal or a longer-term deal. For them, I would have stuck solid on a year-to-year basis. But um, whether that comes to fruition or not, it's a different story. Yeah. But I think if there's one thing they've certainly got to address, I think that they've got the half there. I think they've certainly got the OBs we spoke about. They just don't have a real standout middle. Like, Dale was bought for leadership purposes, but even said it as a Melbourne fan at the time, had no problem with him going. And that's no knock on the blow. I mean, he brings plenty of other things, but his best football, I certainly think, is behind him. Yeah. Um, but I can't look at them and say they've got a knockout middle. Like, Ueli, Hunt are good when they're there, but short minute type forwards. You've got Rudolph, who's your high work rate, lower sort of impact type of guy. They don't have one standout, bona fide, dominant middle. Um, Kafusi's still developing, but... Yeah, they've got a tough draw. I think they've got South, Penrith for the next couple of weeks. Like they could potentially still be sitting on 10 in three weeks' time. Hmm. And that'll really throw the cat amongst the pigeons if a couple of those teams under. People talk about the Roosters out of the weekend, not in this. Like I think for them, they're still missing too many bodies to make a run. Also, I heard the Titans were quite poor. I only heard that one on the radio after commentating. Watched the mini version of it. Um, but yeah, like you look at a team like Newcastle, seems to be... I don't know, almost like a perfect storm. There's a bit of galvanising around Ponga with a poor start there and a lot of noise and just sorting things out with Billy Slater and focusing on football. His head seems to be on right. A couple other guys that haven't been playing the best have certainly turned it around. There's a few young blokes there that are just making their way in grade, like your Leo Thompson's that they're playing above where they are. The halves combination seems to be working well. Um, and then, yeah, I guess digging in for O'Brien. You'll see if they really care for their coach or not. That's best true. origin boost. Gagai sort of playing some good games off the back of that injury and missing out on origin. It just seems to be a little bit brewing nicely at Newcastle at the moment. So um, make of that what you will. Manly, obviously, threw their hat in the ring again. That They've been hot and cold, but 
we're gonna we're gonna see naturally in the next few weeks. I think they play the Roosters again. There's a couple of these teams are gonna weed each other out along the way. Well, the next two weeks are must win for Manly. But certainly the results. St. George into the Roosters. Hmm. This the results from the weekend probably I wouldn't say retract my comments from last week. There's only nine teams left, but a few of these teams have certainly given themselves a flicker of hope on the life support yeah. with the results going their way. But still require two wins to get back in front. So from that perspective, it's still a tough slog. Yeah, it is. Um, but it just all depends on draws and health. And you look, like I said about the Sharks, not only do you lose, going into Panthers and South, South certainly are going to be desperate. And then you lose another player. Um, yeah, and, and Colquhoun, who, you know, had a hell of a lot of traffic around that edge, as you'd expect. He's now suspended for a week. So they've got to find a back row and they've got to find a middle. Yeah, it's interesting. But, um, yeah, I, like I'm pretty... Pretty solid on that sort of seven teams that are in there. Like, I even though Melbourne weren't impressive again, and Canberra, we've been saying it all year, they've been finding ways to win games. I mean, in terms of who's a genuine threat, that's a different story, but I, I'm more than confident probably of those seven. But definitely think uh, the Sharks and the Eels that were sitting there maybe jockeying for that spot have got to have some competition if their results don't go so well in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's true. But Tom will tell in that regard, but thank you to Penrose Solis and to Jake. And the team there, let them help you with quality solar solutions. Visit them today. Uh, reviewing these games, Dragons, Tigers, to be honest, both had fight in them, considering the circumstances, and you, you'd want to bloody hope so with the wooden spoon on the line. But I wouldn't say it was exactly a high-quality game for It football. wasn't. That's, it was a tough one. <laughs> that's the short and, short and simple part of it. I, I guess if you're a Dragons fan, you can take some positives that since Flanagan's taken over and apparently... Made a few phone calls and talked to some people. I think a few guys' form sort of turned around, in particular Zach Lomax. Yeah. And I don't think it was a direct comment of, you can leave. I think it was more a comment of, see what you're worth on the open market and get a bit of a reality check. Like, he's got a long-term deal there. But probably trying to just give him a bit of a realisation of his talent, not wasting his talent, and go see what people actually think of you. Mm. And I think maybe what come back would have been a bit more of a, let's have a look in the mirror and get back to doing the simple things right. And I think the last few weeks, he's been one of their best. And that pass... That's the way you use your flick pass. You don't throw and play one or two coming out of trouble, but play five, wrapping around, breaking contact and getting that one around the corner, that was a circus pass. But yeah, that's the quality he possesses. Yeah. And he's if he goes over the sideline, I think we're going to get perception. I know, but I think he's doing the tough stuff as well at the moment. Like The little things are sort of there, not just a flash. Um, you know, I think Amon had some good moments as well. Uh, Hunt. Interesting. There was a lot of talk during the week as well that they're pretty adamant he's not going around. They've told Sullivan he can move on again. We're not yeah. going to know until the off-season. But seems to be things going in a positive direction there. They're looking at Sally. They flipped Moses and Byron pretty sure today immediately to St. Helens. Um, so definitely a lot going on and will be going on for the rest of the year. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I will take one positive watching this game. Hunt was pretty vocal and aggressive. So I guess for fans, for the back end of the year in particular in that situation, I had some people, I work with one, who during the week was very much questioning where his head would be at for a game like this because he certainly didn't want his team to get the spoon. No, he didn't. Um, and the way he played would say otherwise. He didn't want him to get the spoon either. So from that, I guess if you're a Tigers fan, uh, their best period was obviously when the sin bin happened. They got an early try there, but once the bin happened, Laurie, some nice combination work with Tupac a few times to open him up, but I think they had more than enough possession and opportunity even at the back end of the game after that. No argument. Sort of yeah, try, but they couldn't they get it done. But again, we've said it the other week. When you have a Laurie who's basically played all his football at fullback, I can understand some of the creativity there. And Wakeham, like, you know, Buller's still learning. You've got the veteran sort of pack, but yeah. And their edge defense isn't the greatest. But 
yeah, they're obviously still an interesting situation, like we've talked about the last few weeks. The never-ending noise that comes out of that place. Uh, but I'd say two wins back now. They're four and against us at least. I thought last week it was maybe seventy points something worse, maybe eighty now with the four. They're gonna they're gonna have to win not only just the two, they're gonna have to get three to get clear, or have a couple of bloodbaths. So I'm sorry to say, West Tigers fans, I'm pretty sure the wooden spoon's gonna be yours. Yeah. I think yeah, it's I think almost so, but yeah. certain. And looking, again, without looking at the draws, the Dragons are going to be more likely to win another game compared to the Tigers, let's be honest. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunate for them. But I guess the only positives here, you got to hope that this situation gets nutted out, as uh, Hadjim Patelis had to address last week in terms of coaching staff, what direction they're heading, the players they've tapped on the shoulders, like the Bloors, the Simpkins, the few that they're pushing out, and where they put that money, um, and who this sort of power struggle turns out to be and, and who they go with. Because to be honest, again, this whole thing could be just a complete waste of 12 months if they have to blow it up again. They need to put their guns down and finally head in one direction. But similarly, I don't think we're going to know until the end of the year. No, we're not. So wait and see what happens. But uh, yeah, more than enough opportunities. Six line breaks to two, 2,000 metres to that. They had, they'll make it 48 metres a set, 18 more offloads. They were, they were pretty much given the better of the attack, the possession, the territory, and didn't get it done. So... Moving on from that one, Warriors Raiders twenty one twenty crazy game. Considering, yeah, well, I uh, actually pulled up a pew early and watched the New South Wales Cup game, and that ended up being the same same score, score. <clears throat> same field goal almost twenty one twenty. Yeah, Volkman kicked a field goal in that game, and then uh, you had a little bit going on. So watched the the first grade game delayed, and was just shocked at how similar the game was. Mm. Uh, the yeah, to, for the Raiders to come back and to push it to Golden Point was craziness. Like, to score two tries in, what was it, the last five minutes? Mate, the, the last try, I'm not taking it away from the Raiders. Last try was I crazy. conceded. It was I awful. know, it's craziness. I was like, one out, one out. I'm watching the set Shift. going, this is the fucking worst set I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, and then so it was a five-on-five five side. The two inside men were a little tight, and I thought, oh, they'll cover here. Pass, and next minute, it was simply just a lead with two outside runners, and they're on the outside. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. When that try went in, it looked like someone had stolen their birthday cake. Yeah. And when they got in the huddle, I'm like, I think the Warriors are in trouble here. Like, a lot of people were looking pretty sad. They were, yeah. Um, and I said that, because I dropped into the old man's for a little bit, and I go, mate, I'm like, they're going to bomb this. Like, it was a, two uh, different circles look fairly different. And then Charles Nickel Klugstad comes out with a cracker play, gets his foot back for Fogarty's bomb, seven tackle. They roll 80 metres, basically, down to the 20. Nice, deep pass, and Johnson made no mistake. Made sure that they made up for muffing that one, almost. Yeah. There were a few who farted faces floating around, weren't there? And then, yeah, the celebration probably wasn't as crazy as what you'd expect, but it's like, thank fuck we didn't bomb that one. Yeah, that's, that, that's right. That yeah. could have been huge, really. But in the context, again, of results, when you look at the weekend for the Warriors, it is huge, because... Massive. Melbourne lose, those other teams under-lose. You avoid that 11-person logjam. They're clear on third, and they've got a little bit of breathing room, to be honest, and with the draw and four games or whatever it is at home on the way in the back end there and who they've got coming over, they're in a really good position here to get top four. But it's the circumstance we talked about last week. Whether that comes in the form of a week one away game with the potential of playing at home week two if they can't get it done or whether they can get up to second, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard to get Penrith or Brisbane out of those two spots. No, I think it's... Because basically it's going to be Penrith is the one they're going to have to pull out of that spot and I don't think they will. I think Penrith, similarly to them, have maybe... Four of their last games at home or fight. Like if Penrith were at Bluebird, I'm almost chalking all those up. Yeah. So I don't think they're going to get them. Uh, if I'm the Warriors fans, and no, if that's, there's no knock to them, 
if for more the mental side, and I'm not saying it would happen, I'd much rather not play Penrith week one, even if I got two bites of the cherry. No, you, I, the team you want to avoid is Penrith. I want Brisbane. <clears throat> so if I'm them, if that's going to be P1, I want to be fourth. Yeah. Go to Brisbane, that style of football, they're physical, and I think it's been shown with the way they like to play, and we've said this before about Brisbane. The big thing is if you get him in an arm wrestle and grind with them and play that middle game and try and break him down, will they stick in the cycle with you? Yeah. They want to attack and have good field position and, you know, because um, I think that way you've got your better chance, no offense again to Brisbane fans, of either getting to week three or if not, probably, I'm guessing, not saying mental scars, but I think Penrith could inflict a lot more damage week one at Bluebet. Absolutely. Because yeah. I spoke to another Penrith fan the other day who, <clears throat> just funny how we talk about standards changing, wasn't happy with why they played on the weekend. And I was like, you've come off the back of three grand finals back-to-back comments where a few years ago you couldn't fucking get, you know, hmm. a hose and hit someone on Beer Hill like we are talking about. Yeah. So to be where you are now and your stands, you're complaining about a 44 back to 18 win. I want to be able to just walk up and buy a beer. <laughs> I loved it. Because as a non-Penrith fan, I just like going to the footy. Hmm. Now I don't like going to the state because I can't get a beer. Hmm. Um, but just said that to them. Like Cleary's first run back, a couple of guys there during the origin period will be a little bit flat. Maybe they completely changed their bench again. They've changed that a few times the last few weeks. They're just going to build nicely in the finals. So to be complaining about that, I was like, home final for Penrith <laughs> at Penrith is almost to me an automatic prelim. Yes. And they yeah. wrote back to me afterwards again, when you put it like that, I'm like, well, you tell me otherwise. Like, it's going to have to be Souths or someone to me coming in red hot, grabbing one of those spots or a Cowboys to roll them. And it's going to take a South-like performance of a few years ago where we saw them lose week one. Yeah. Where it's just a complete, perfect performance, playing them at their own game, getting physical, kicking, grind, and cycling to drag them into 80. And it took all of that to beat them that first week. Yeah, it did. But if it's at Blue Bet, which that one wasn't either, good luck. Yeah. So I've gone off a mass tangent there, my bad. But uh, back to this game. I thought... A lot of people were like, Domin- I don't know if it was more so dominant. I thought Canberra did well to save some tries, but I also did think the Warriors definitely looked the more dangerous of the two. They saved a couple yeah, themselves. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I, and I guess sort of Webster said this, like when, when a game gets away from you like that after you've been in control for seven minutes, just how to react. He was really happy, obviously, with the way they reacted when things did get that way. Because yeah. the Warriors of old would have just completely dropped their bundle there and not finished that off. Yeah, um, I, I, I still think for them, there was a lot of positives. You're clearly not... Positive the first the last ten minutes, but I think they'd be very happy with the first seventy. Mm. And yeah, they got the job done. We've spoke about it week in week out. Middles like outstanding, and then have players in all those positions just getting better and better. Like Egan's form, Chance's form, Fenor Blake's form, Johnson's form. Like all your key positions, a key middle, their edge players, whoever's played there, whether it's a forward, a Barnett, and near Cora and return to playing well. The linking between their middles, their OBs, their shift players, been able to play from anywhere on the field. Like they're, and I think they're a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, they're not only playing a good brand of football; they can attack both sides. They do like the right, but they can play through the middle. They can play left. Their forwards play between one another. They're very good defensively. They're disciplined. They've got resilience. They've got everything we used to not associate with the Warriors. <laughs> and it's for those reasons yep. I sit here now and go, "Well, I don't know what's going to happen," but I'm pretty fucking excited from a Warriors fan for this and just moving forward. I'm not don't want to look to next year because I want to stay in the present. But to get this sort of result in this first 12 months, uh, like you never want to get your hopes up, but I'd be pretty bloody excited about what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah, Warriors fans have got a heap to be excited about, mate. Mm. An absolute stack. And that shape we talked about, um, it's, it's just really simple, but it's really smart. That sort of double lead, when it looks like 
nothing's really doing, and then all of a sudden they have just oodles of space on the outside. Yeah. It looks so simple if you slow it down and watch it on a replay, but the way they time it, execute, get through their lines, like run their shape, there's a good reason they keep getting that outside on the right in particular. Yeah. And busting people up. And I even got a replay of one there where it wasn't perfect, but then you look at the skill and the things they've worked on with Berry's hands and transition to get it to Dallin, and I was like, even there, when Canberra do the right thing and jam and land on all the passes, under pressure, they just go dip, dip, bang. Johnson picks the right pass out of the two options. Barry hits the perfect tap one. I'm like, even under those circumstances, you can tell the quality of time and reps that they've put in. Correct. Yeah. Um, Ricky Stewart, love the anger at times. Don't agree with the penalty try. Watched a couple of replays today because I didn't really see it at the time. Don't agree. Thought it was pretty minimal and accidental and coming across and the ball come out. Chris, to his credit, didn't get up or milk and complain, which I was happy about as well. Um, People would say the other way that if you do it, you know, you would have been rewarded and that's the sad indictment of the game, which might be the truth. But the video ref to me, when I looked at it, I was like, there's no fucking way I'm giving that a penalty try. Get down, hold the ball. Like I, yeah, in those circumstances, yeah. I looked at it from another perspective. I can if, see both sides. If that was me and I dropped that, I'd be filthy on myself. You know, is is that a penalty in general play? To some referees, it would have been. Mm. Penalty try. Does it constitute a penalty try? Yeah, oh. yeah, I didn't agree with that. Again, we're going into this age-old debate. Yeah. I'm not going to say it because it's it's that word, that C word, yeah. the consistency. consistency word. And I'm over talking about consistency because as I keep saying every week, you're not yeah, going to get, not it. get it. But credit to the Raiders as well because again... I used to do my heading, but now I'm just, I'm done with it. Yeah, well, you, you can't expect it, can you? Unfortunately. Uh, Even I, coaching myself, like I just... Yeah. I just take the referee out of it and what will be will be because... As long as, I guess, you're controlling your side of the fence and you're trying to be as disciplined as you can, you're doing the things that you want to achieve, you're controlling your controllables, that, yeah, the, if you do that, the referee's min, uh, impact is minimal anyway. Mm. That's sort of, I guess, the approach that I now have with all of it. Uh, and just understand that, yes, you're going to get shit calls, just like you're going to get uh, shit play at, at times. Yeah. You're going to get some some good calls, just like you're going to get good play. So just take the good with the bad. And yeah, I think, like I said... There's rarely games that are decided by a howler, like an absolute howler. Yeah. And and when they are, you just got to just gotta cop it. I mean... Everyone always relates it to the same thing, though. If that's a finals game, an origin or a yeah, grand final, well, we're like, yeah, well, that's why we generally see different... If it's an NRL final or an NRL grand final, then you'd like to think they're going to come up with the right call. Mm. But in every other grade, you don't have the benefit of video no. replay. You just you got Move to on. get on with it. And I think there's less out, outrage because there's there's no replays, no video replays, no time for people to make up their mind on was it, wasn't it. And for the most part, I think that's actually a positive yeah. in the lower grades. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'll give them some credit though because I think the reason they're able to be within touch, even though I do think you know that the Warriors may have shut down a bit at the end, they did save a few tries. There was multiple opportunities there where I, it could have been much worse, in my opinion. Mm. Um, in terms of the score, there was a... Uh, I've got a couple of them here, but I can't even bloody read my name right today. That's how good on The Raiders are just a metal man, mate. They, they don't go they hang around. They don't go away. Well, let's put it this way. They're sort of the opposite of what we used to associate with them. They either drown you with points, yeah. and then they could blow almost blow a lead. They had that run the other year where they kept blowing leads. But they were always, you know, good football, quality... Loosey goosey, second phase, wide shift. 
flat and fast, offload, out of the backfield. Like this year, it's sort of been the opposite. It's been a lot grittier, tougher in yardage. They've relied a lot more off what their middles and edge back rowers sort of do. Fogarty's got a steady kicking game. Jack's pretty much simplified his game, like just to the running side. I think like it's a lot more simplified version, but it's a lot. Oh, they've, they've got their own style. So credit yeah. to their staff. I think the Canberra coaching staff have done a fantastic job because they've they've adapted their style to the players that they've got, mm. and they're certainly not playing as flamboyant a football as what they were. No, last year they're definitely grittier, but definitely grittier. They don't beat themselves. They're no. tough. They're good defensively. All their effort areas are really high. When their effort areas are low, that that's when they get poor results. Yeah, like the first Warriors game where they got dapped. Yeah, you like, saw some things there, and you're like, okay, Crocus three hundred. If you're not yeah. in for it tonight, which they weren't, they they copped it sweet. Yeah, and it's happened a couple of times this year. The Penrith game, um, and that's why people look at the forward against and you. Know, how does this work? I also like, think well, the Ross that they've got is perfect for Ricky. Oh yeah, because he's he he does very very well. With gritty rosters. Well, look at all. Of you them. look at the look at that Sharks team that he got to the minor premiers. Yeah, you know that that Roosters team that won the comp. They weren't a flamboyant side. No, nah. they were a gritty side. That Shark side was a gritty side. He also doesn't mind a polarizing person. He sort of buys into some of those rough people or that sort of personality as well. Like a Rapana is not seen, you know, for some of the things he does, or Hudson Young and even Red the last year. Like he loves those sort of guys that are just a bit out there, a bit rough on the edges. Seems to get the best out of those guys that are a little bit polarizing. Yeah. And I like it too. I do like a couple of nutcases. It's good. Absolutely. But he did, yeah, he tracks a certain kind of character sometimes in his team, but they play for him, and rightfully so. And he gets the best out of those kind of guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, he, and the other thing is. The, they're squeezing everything from the sponge at the moment, the Raiders. Yeah. And again, getting Red back, getting Papa back, good to get a run under his belt. Um, I think Hopper's been a really good find after, you know, being touted really highly as a junior, had some injuries, was pretty much. Cast to the side, but they've sat on him for a year or two. He's got healthy. He's developed. He's been really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, late chances there from the rapper grab and then the whitehead grubber and then the kickoff thing. I still can't believe that one for the Warriors. I'm sure is the one moment Webster might show them this week and go seriously. Mm. Like that can't happen. That can't happen. <laughs> but yeah, full credit to them. Johnson just keeps going from strength to strength, uh, and good on them. But good on them going into the bye. Great result. Broncos South, this, to be honest, ended up being a stinker. It was a fizzer. Like, first half, the amount of errors, and like, in particular, I will say, for South, like, they're going, oh, well, Latrell's a bit like, well, you know, forget the Latrell side of things. they got everybody else back. Latrell's been out for 10 weeks. It felt nine weeks that loose and separate and individual and flat, considering how big a game it is, and to make that back-end run. And I'm more disappointed in the guys that I didn't think I'd be disappointed in, like Cody Walker. Was really underwhelming. Lots of errors. A couple of really simple misses on his edge and got exposed. Kalama Tungi, who I absolutely love. Pass first. Like, barely had a touch in the first half. I think he had one proper carry. Yeah. And then I heard, like, criticism today. Like, I, Lachlan Ilias only kicked the, didn't even kick the ball. I'm like, well, fuck, it would be pretty hard to get a kick of the ball in the first half in particular with the amount of errors they made. Yeah. Um, I looked at the numbers afterwards and it's like, well, Cody kicked nine or ten times. I'm like, okay. I think there was bigger problems than just Lockie Ellis, if that's what we're putting it down to, just because a halfback didn't kick a ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was bothered by a lot of things. I thought defensively, <clears throat> handling-wise, even their attack. A lot of times there, it was just the old premeditated, forcing the ball to the left, get it to Alex Johnston, and he cuts back in because the inside's just released with no dig. And there's three or four blokes just waiting for him. He was lucky enough to score one time off it, which surprised me. It was just a poor stag's miss. But yeah, it was. overall, I couldn't believe they got to the half-time in the lead. Yeah. But to Brisbane's credit, 
And that also comes off the back of Marty Tapio's ridiculous knee. Like, no idea why he did, like, a goosey big high step and then threw that. And when Campbell Graham, who didn't even really bend his back at 6'4", or bigger, almost cops that in the chin, I think he considered himself lucky that he only got three weeks. Yeah, I, he's he considered himself lucky. That people are like, oh, sent- well, it got him. I'm like, well, imagine if he dipped properly and that got him in the chin, what the result would have been. Yeah. He's sleeping and he's got a mouth like a Tic Tac dispenser. So I know we don't work in the what ifs, but in terms of high knees on a six foot four bloke who didn't bend his back a lot, that was a high knee. It, it, was, it, so, was, it was ugly and it was dangerous and it should have been a send off. Um, That's sort of where I sit on it. And that one pretty much sums up, I guess, their first half going back to that. They didn't score off that. They got a penalty goal. They were really scrappy. And Brisbane, I, I really <clears throat> probably sum up one thing for them that the huge difference just watching Walsh get injected back in their attack. They've obviously found ways. To win with Sailor there, and he showed he's got an array of skill. And, uh, you know, Pierre Coura and these few guys that played the last few weeks have done their jobs. But to come into this one, even with him missing as well, and have Pat Carrigan reshuffling in the back row, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. But full credit to them. They took advantage of the situation. It's it's another win. I'm not saying they wouldn't have expected to got, but looking at things being fair and equal, I, I think a lot of people, even Brisbane fans, would have thought, oh, okay, maybe tonight won't be our night. But it's... Another one like the Warriors game, I look at and go, well, they've won again, and well deservedly so. Um, <clears throat> and similar deal, I think they steadied up. They were as bad completion wise in the first half. Walters in particular didn't have a great start, but second half they steadied the ship. Uh, I think at one point there, Seattle were like five from ten and still at fifty percent. That only made one error. They were completely like ninety. Carved them up a few times. Walsh, some really nice moments. The combination over there with Stags, using him as a lead, using him as a drop, just sort of pulling. That edge apart, and they really made it their aim to work over Cody and the players inside and outside of him, and they got a result from it. Full credit to him again, but it also speaks to the same point I made before. There was you one full credit again, and I'm going to punch him in the throat. Excellent. <coughs> I thought Carrigan landed on his outside, and people were saying, oh, it's a defensive decision. I'm like, you still can't stop there. He sort of worked his way around him and tried to get to him. But I looked at that and was like, well, you know, if he hits the deck there, full credit to him. They might go back to it. And have a look, but he didn't hit yeah. the deck. No, uh, well, he's got integrity in his in what he's doing. Mm. So I looked at that and thought, well, because yeah. he's not a tither. We talk about this sort of stuff, and you're not rewarded for it. But if I'm him next time, I go down like a bag of shit. That's why they go down. So <laughs> that's, that's why sad. they go down because you can't rely on the call being made, and the referees have a different perspe- perception of what's an obstruction to what mm. players do. And I must admit, like I said, I watched it a few times on slow and I was like, eh, you called defensive decision, but he still sort of stops in that line where he's going to go Did and get to Did he impede his ability to defend? Yeah. Yes. And he so pulls his way like around him. Like, Don't I, talk to me about this bullshit I wouldn't call inside that. shoulder, outside shoulder horse shit that yeah. they're going with. He's in the line of where he wants to get to. Did he impede the defender? Yeah. He didn't get through it. So yeah. that one probably should have been an A try, but that doesn't take away from what they did. They were good. His other try, the line break where Johnston ran him down, like he was dynamic on return. Very much. Very, so. very good. And he also didn't yell at referees, so that's a positive. Hopefully he learned his lesson um, out of that side of things. If he just plays football, he's just... very, very good. The pass selection too, the one on the outside to Cobo, it was just like an absolute laser on the jam there. Like the the touch on that one and to get it there, I thought, that's a peach. Absolutely. You can put that one in a frame. And then the demo job the big man did on the way in old Cobo, he's, uh, he's looking quite ominous after missing out those last few Origin games. So. <laughs> They're in good shape. I think they're, they've still got another buy, don't they? Because they sort of went through a bit like Seahouse without the buyers, but I think the back end have got another one under their belt. Yeah. 
So they're really sitting in a good position. I think Tapau's getting three weeks. Arthur's that late sin bin. He gets one. But, you know, seeing Pierre Corot, Wilson's few touches, like he got a, a soft try on the weekend, but certainly showed why they signed him on a deal when he was 18 years old. Um, they're showing they've got a couple of guys there that can certainly do a job for him. But Riki, most likely back as well. And uh, we can expect Oates and a few more on board. <laughs> so if they stay healthy and find their way in, it's, it's in their hands. Yeah, absolutely. They're not doing what they did last year, obviously falling over the back end. But when they get there, it'll be a new challenge. Because like we said earlier in the year, when people talk about, oh, they beat Penner for round one, this and that. We're not worried about that. We'll see when they get to the dance, if they can do it. And they're putting themselves in a position to do it the easiest way possible. They are. Home final, week one, They should. their goal should be obviously to be in a prelim. If they have to go four weeks and play that style of football, that was probably my biggest question when they started moving up the ladder at the start of the year, is, is can we rely on Brisbane to play four games in a row that would win them a premiership? I don't know if I would. Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? Yeah. I think for them, they probably need that sort of top four and maybe that easier path, but that's just my opinion. So, uh, Well, they're going to have to beat Penrith in a knockout game. Mm. Yeah, well, sure. Realistically, if you want to win it, you got to knock Penrith out. Yep, completely agree. Carrigan, Staggs, Haslop, yeah, good games by all those blokes, even though it was a messy game. And yeah, not the highest quality game you would have expected for it. Probably should have been game of the round. Both only completed at 65%. For Seas, I think Dimitri pretty much summed it up himself. Yeah. He's, Individual he's efforts, cool. really, like he pretty, wasn't very happy at all. No, he wasn't. And I'm glad. Like sometimes people go, oh, they should keep that internal. I'm like, sometimes it shouldn't be kept internal. Because your fans and everyone want to know, like, sort of, you know, what you're doing about it. Like, you can wax lyrical and have one-liners and, you know, throw paper mache all over it and try to cover it up. But when it's a turd, it's a turd. And he's basically called him out for playing like shit, defending like shit and being a bunch of individuals. So yeah. he's laid it down there. It's not a matter of talent and all the... It was want and all the individual things and the free things you needed in a game of rugby league. Yeah. And even on the other side, he, he wrapped up, you know, the one or two guys that he thought did do well, Arrow being one of those, but basically said they're a group of individuals. And they need to have a hard look at themselves, so... We'll see what the response is next week. I'd probably expect it to be a decent one considering they're playing the Tigers. You would think so. So for Tigers fans off the back of what happened this week, good luck. Mm. That's all I can say. Uh, Roosters-Titans, good win. Dominant first half particular. Left a lot of meat on the bone, I thought. With some forward passes, a couple other tries that didn't sort of come off. But I look at this one and don't really know what you can take out of it. I thought the Titans were really poor. They were. The 65, 70 minutes. Um, Absolutely horrible. Again, defense, paper mache. Mm. No team. Attitude, horrible. Intensity, horrible. Got jumped. Must win game. At home. Good weather. Sunny day. Give me an excuse because I can't find one. No, there is none. No, Tino. I don't care. No. Every team's got players out. And I sort of, oh, look, like, look at the Roosters. Crichton, Satilio. Exactly. There's still some plenty of guys that people would sit there. And they and had a Roosters team rolling into town. Low on confidence. Must win game. Yeah. Been shit on every week. I'm not, sure, media. I'm not sure what else just sums up the it just sums up the Titans as an organization. Underwhelming. And, and from the flip from watching a bit of it and going, okay, it was nice to see them playing like flat, direct and fast and actually getting some impact off yeah. Smith and Kiri being confident, and like playing through the ruck and punching holes, you know, with back rows and just rolling like with good footy rather than this long shift to shift shapes off slow play the balls and what seemed very false. Well, yeah, they started but, smashing a few inside shoulders off. Yeah. But how hard were the inside shoulders to smash that's off? That's 
That's going to be the test moving into this week. That's is, the point. Was that game fool's goal because the Titans are so horrible? Which is why when people said this, I got a big chance in there. I'm like, well, after watching that, I can't yeah. take Rob much Robinson more said that last week. He's like, look, we, we need to just worry about next week yeah. and the week after. string some wins together. And again, so they're, they're in the same position this week, the Roosters. They haven't earned the right to do anything. No. They've earned the right to go nowhere. Brisbane in Brisbane, prime put, time. Put a month together yeah. of that sort of footy, people start to sit up and take notice. Yeah. And again, individually, I was like, all right. But what is it, Brisbane at the Gabba on Thursday? Like, yeah. where you go? Huge game. Here you go. If you find a win here, you or lose there, you're gone. Do what happened with Penrith last year where they put them to the, you know, had an absolute yeah. war with them in the rain, but then you can go, all right. Yeah. You still need to rattle off four or five to get there, but that shows us there's signs of life there. But I think they're going to win every game to get there, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, what about, like, we've got five to play, six to play? Six to play. They've got one up the sleeve, so they've got six. Yeah. Six to play. So, yeah. you have what two and a half losses, two and a half out of the eight as it four absolute minimum, <laughs> given results, but probably need five minimum. I think they need them all. So what fourteen wins? I think it could be. Yeah, I think I think the eight could be. I think with the way those other teams are going, it might not be. I think it might still stay at the twelve or thirteen mark. Yeah, maybe. But that's just going off their draws. But again, there might be a couple of teams there that just streak on, and a couple that fall away. Mm. see what happens anyway it's pointless talking about it now but yeah for argument's sake mate I I agree like they they might be able to drop one more as a coach though you must admit if you're him you take all the positives you can get it's nice to see your team playing flat and fast yeah it is because sometimes that's all you need just to kill just something and Brandon Smith like who's been to to just you know and Robinson wouldn't have been he would have stripped their game right back oh yeah and that's why I think you, you saw them hitting a lot of leads you saw them not playing a sideline to sideline, no. like you said, relying on play balls, getting Smith out of dummy half, like just trying to. It looked better for him, to be honest. Well, this is the thing. I was right? about to say, so you need they to told work him style exactly. in and around. No offense the to them, but they sold him on. You're the hooker, and we can do this, and we believe that, and you can do it. Like at Melbourne, he's not a deception hooker. No, he's a running Melbourne, hooker. He's a power hooker. Brown, like just playing cornflakes for him. You're, you're powerful. You're damaging. If there's a hole in the rock and there's one man down. Pick it up and go. Run. If or you can get out service. off... Yeah, or good service. Just run and gun and play off what you do best or you do Yeah. And everything The thing positive. is, right, I think, though, the Roosters... The, the mistake the Roosters made, in my opinion, mm. is they let Verrills go. And Verrills is your deception hooker. And he fits what they... They were don't have a deception hooker. No, they don't. On their roster. Turpin's a shovel. He No, he's the same. He's a run and gun. Like, mm. Different type of runner, but... Of course, yeah. But he's rock essentially the same, same player. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my humble. Mm. I know Verrills was probably on more money and he was injury prone and they yeah. had their reasons for letting him go, which is cool. I just think he would have paired up with Smith quite well. Mm. But yeah, I just thought similar to you, it was nice to see that flat fast off their forwards, win the ruck and then off the back of that. Yeah. Cheese jumps that actually holds up a ruck because they have to be accountable as we know, like he did at Melbourne off that pack when he goes. And because of that... They found more spaces on the outside. Yeah, it's retreating defense. They had guys absolutely. on the inside trying to cover ground and get across. They created numbers. They hit those inside shoulders with the Butcher Brothers and multiple other times there, and it just seemed really simple. And you're like, well, it all started from winning the middle. Yeah, There's not many games this year where I've sat there and thought, oh, yeah, they're winning the middle and they're winning the ruck and opening things up, and they tried to play football they didn't deserve to be playing off the back of not winning that. Yeah. Where even the other night, the individual effort stuff, where I'm like, this is what you expect from that talent. Like, even a Manu just coming in from dummy half and scooting and holding two or three players up or Smith getting early ball, like in the centres, like just using their physical ability. I'm like, this is such a better style of football, yeah. but I don't know how to train. If I can 
sit here and tick all the boxes and go their back because of what they're up against. Because they're nuts. But they, yeah, there's probably four or five that were left on the table. Second half, they only got one and the Gold Coast got some junk later. I think if anything, he'd be more filthy about that. Like a dummy half try where Kelly's got three or so on him and gets the arm down. Clark's just a simple crash. You know, like the, the tries that they let in were pretty shit out. They switched off. Being honest, yeah, but... They switched off. Um, yeah, for him, I guess you'd just be showing all those positive and hitting home on all that. Like, we need to do that this week against them. Let's try and hold up against this middle. Let's fucking get it, Adam Reynolds. Let's bash man. Like, hit their halves, similar deal. If we can get some second phase like we did, kick the front door in. Like, just keep hammering the front door down. Direct, inside shoulders, simple football. Yeah. And our big OPs, like Suoliti, who's been copping plenty as well, had one of his better games. He did. Like, all of them just, like, was that physicality, more relentless sort of style we've come to probably associate with the Roosters. So there's some good signs. Yeah. Um, also, Tedesco's worm, outstanding. A lot of people are bagging it. Nothing more than a, a dude doing an awkward dance move. It was great. Big fan of that. It was like a seesaw worm. Yeah. With no flexibility <laughs> in it. Uh, good times. But, yeah, I, I just, yeah. That one I, I sort of took out of a lot of people. Like, are they back or they're this or that? Like, yeah. Let's see him do it against Brisbane this week. And if we see some signs of life, maybe there might be two or three that are getting the whip out late and trying to fight their way. I, I would love nothing more than the wobbly boot, as we said last week, to be on one or two of these teams and come down to the last two rounds sitting here going, there's five teams in for seventh, eighth, or just for eighth, and be looking at everything from for and against. What's their draw? How's this going to play out? That'd be great. So Newcastle and a few of them are trying to raise the... Sales and get some wind in behind. We'll we'll see how that goes. Absolutely. But, uh, for the Titans, yeah, definitely, definitely game over now. And the fact that we said, I know Tino's not everything to them, but um, if he's missing another two weeks, and that's what they're going to dish up, they're in big bony roll. Bye bye. And they got the Cowboys this week. Could get ugly. So if that attitude's there again, good luck. Yeah. Newcastle, Melbourne. Speaking of attitude, Craig Bellamy's comments, much like Demetrio's, uh, pretty ruthless, Damning, yeah. but to the point. But we don't, I don't know if they want to do the, the tough stuff or be in a hard game and basically, you know, be a good football team. Pretty much is what he said, flat simple. And I thought, well, I've heard him have individual moments where he might be looking to get a response, but he was pretty blunt and truthful in what he said. Can't argue with him. No. Really questioned at times this year, similar to earlier, I even said to you when we were on here and we did the Sharks game. Didn't expect that scoreline, didn't feel like that scoreline. Felt like a lot of that was the Sharks doing. Yeah. So, yeah, well, no, I just I watched it and I was like, it just doesn't feel as dominant as what it is. Like, I think they've just been an absolute turd. Mm. And, you know, more of them was a revolving door and there was a couple of drops and a couple of coats grabs and I sort of watched that game. Like, this doesn't feel like one of those savage 50-point beatings where you've gone Goro Mortal Kombat, pulled the arms or someone and beaten to death. It just felt like it all fell into place and it was very convenient but there's been a lot of ugly wins this year which I give them credit for but I've been more probably critical of the way they've played just thinking the attack doesn't look great and if defensively at times in particular the right edge left side team's attack hasn't held up that great like there's just been small things and then a few players like Olam's really had well, it's a, been yeah it's been inconsistent yeah Hughes who's the one I've been really wrapping the last few years going he's been so consistent he hasn't been that great Munster you know he's been okay Harry's had really good games and some really bad games. Like it's, yeah. it's those sort of guys you're looking at and consistently. And then I'm not looking at a game where I'm going, well, all those guys have played well together. That's true. Yeah. Um, and I'm not blaming some of the other people. People are going, oh, well, this guy's not good or this guy's not good. I'm like, 
to be completely honest, I think the better players have been the guys that are in those positions that are learning still. I think like Lilieros and when Katal before he got hurt, and these guys are having a red hot crack and doing their part. I think it's the top end that seems to be the more hit and miss for Melbourne this yeah. year. And they're the ones that are going to make the difference come finals time where we're going to put you in those positions to win these games. That's fair. So I'm looking at them right now between Munster, Harry, and a few of them going, well, if this is what you guys are going to dish up right now, we probably land in the bottom half and we'll be lucky to get out of week one again. Mm. Like all this talk about Pappenhausen coming yeah. back. Pappenhausen's not fucking fixing anything they're doing right now. I think they're... Well, they're looking at fourth at best. I don't think... Fifth or yeah. sixth, probably more likely, like you say. I don't know if that's going to be a possibility. Like they got... Penrith coming up in a few weeks at Penrith if they play that yeah. sort of way again. Pen- gonna... Well, Parra this week's no pushover either. Definitely not. Like a desperate, uh, desperate team. So And we, we couldn't stop the ball moving against uh, Newcastle the other night, I thought. And Parramatta, certainly that's one thing they thrive off. Yeah, so I think it's just the consistency of intensity and consistency of the jobs that Bellamy's asking them to do and the fact that they're not either just up to it or they're not consistent enough with it across 80 minutes. Mm. That's the issue. Like, I love what I saw from them against Penrith a well, few weeks ago. Well, but Four of their games in the back end here are teams that are in the hunt. Yeah. So Parramatta this week, Penrith the week after, Raiders first time back at Amy, yeah. who are one team who plays very well down there and have a very good record. They do, yeah. Then they've got Dragons and Titans. Like, Titans is no pushover depending on who... You don't want to play those teams late because they've got nothing no, to lose. they've got nothing they're to not lose. And the Dragons players, like we saw last week, there's a few guys looking like they're trying to prove a point to their coach and wanting to be around. Yeah. And then last round, they played Brisbane in Brisbane, which I know we've beaten them 22 times in a row, whatever the stupidity of that record is. But if they're playing the way they are and they head up there to a raucous crowd and that's for them to guarantee... Top two, or if they do need to, or they don't need to, that's not going to be a walk in the park either. So four of the last six are basically finals teams. Yeah, you just you're also just not you're not going to want to go into the finals on a loss. No, most definitely not. Or in that sort of form, going oh we lost you know four of our last six. Yeah, we've been inconsistent. We've defended poorly. We haven't scored points. Like we just look like a bag of shit. Yeah. Um, and out of this game as well, Nelson. Don't know what happened to his finger because I didn't get to see the whole game. But he's out this week. Olam's out, but they don't have a reason for it. I think he might have just been dropped again. Early in the year, someone said he was injured. He played Q Cup. They punted him. Uh, and Remus Smith had that ugly tackle where he sort of got split in his legs. So he's torn his adductor. So he could be out long term. So there's going to be a couple of force changes as well. Good to see Pappenhausen say during the week that he hopefully will be back playing in a couple of weeks. So I still think it's going to be probably in Q Cup to get a real game and a full game under his belt. But I just I just look at this year, like I said before, and think to myself, for everything they've put into him and all they've done, I know no one ever wants to say they're not a chance, but if this is what they're sort of playing, he's not worth the risk. No. That's just, yeah. It's way too much time and investment to throw him in and go, hey, <laughs> do what you did in the 2020 Grand Final right now. They're not Chris? stupid enough to think that. Yeah. They know that. But full credit has to go to Newcastle. They were really, really good. What's that, three in a row? Well, yes, yeah, four in a row, including a buy. So, eight points in the last four weeks. And but yeah, obviously, you're not getting a win for a buy, but yeah, it's eight points in four weeks, which is positive. And off the back of a flat performance <laughs> against Penrith at Penrith, missing their players, where it's a game where they probably should have got themselves up for it. Mm. Um, but mind you, Penrith have rolled everybody just about, even without their players. They're never an easy push. Took the Cowboys to the absolute death, mind you. They were missing four or five at the time as well, but yeah. 
two easy kills, bit of confidence out of the back end of Origin for a couple of guys. The noise around O'Brien, like, like I said before, it seems to be a little bit of a perfect storm. No pun intended. Um, the way things are building for Newcastle right now. There's a couple of guys that are answering critics, a couple yeah. of guys that are putting their best foot forward. There's a few like Fitzgibbon even that are moving on that are trying to play their best football. Um, and then when there's some noise around your coach, things generally go one of two ways. And at the moment, they seem to be all pulling. Yeah, I think so. They're playing for him, aren't they? In the one direction. So for him, um, with the noise that's sort of creeping around, we've both heard it. I'd be interested to see what happens if they keep winning. And they're talking everybody. Well, they're going to have to. Because if they make a move too early there, they might put, you know, pop the balloon and a couple of guys might do what we can see at times where they go, oh, well, coach is gone, year's over, nothing to do anymore. Yeah. Uh, so for them right now if they have got something cooking in the background I'd keep it very much on the down low and maybe press the hold button yeah because um, they played some good footy like I said probably the biggest thing here is the periods of defence when yeah. Melbourne were attacking them and then also just you know taking advantage of that Sinbin period digging in the way they did and a few times there when the, the ball looked like it stopped moving they found ways to keep moving the football Melbourne couldn't stop the ball mm. so Best, the few times he got the ball, pretty damaging. The hands to get back to Young. Ponga sweeping down that left-hand side and attacking Melbourne's right. They certainly went after that plenty. They did, yeah. Um, they they did a pretty good job. And I think, similar to what we've said before, I think guys like Crossland, who never really got a crack in their preferred position, I know it's not ideal to probably be playing it at nine right now, but we talked about this last year. One, six, nine, seven. Pick a spot, let him fucking play. I, I think with what he's been dealt in terms of cards this year he's done a very very good job playing at nine yeah he has absolutely um, Frizz his form I don't know if it's off the back of the origin confidence and also no, I know it's contract year and it's his last deal like he's been playing well Gamble and Hastings have been doing a pretty solid job considering that's not really a pair I would have looked at and thought oh yeah that'll be winning lots of football games I yeah. like Hastings I'm not as big on Gamble but um, that sort of reshuffle of the spine on those couple of guys on top and your Thompsons and these guys doing a job they're up for it. Their crowd was up for it. Yeah. Their women's team had a big win as well. So I don't know what their draw looks like. Might have a quick look at that there. But if they've got a couple more home games, that's certainly not a place that's easy to go when things are going well. No, it's not. Exactly right. So we talked about them earlier, maybe having a flicker of hope. They've got the Raiders this week, which is basically a direct effect game. Yeah. Because you beat that again. That pulls you within. Um, that's in Canberra. Then they've got the Dolphins in Perth. So they're part of that double header. One, realistically, if they're serious, they have to win. Yeah. Um, then they've got the Dogs in Newcastle. Sorry, Dogs fans. I'd be chalking that one up. Sorry. Sunday afternoon at Mac Jones. They'll be absolutely raucous, I'd expect. And then you've got Souths there, which again, so I guess these next three are the big three. Dogs, Dolphins, they should be looking to win, but it all has to start again this week with the Raiders. If they can keep this streak going, heading into that, that would put them at 11 with the draw. And they have to finish off with South, the Sharks, and the Dragons. Mm. So you'd think they need one of those two between Sharks and South, maybe. Yeah, ouch. So the draw overall isn't terrible. But there's three games there. You look out and go, they probably need two of those. Yeah. And then, again, the other ones are no guarantees. But in the form they're in right now, I'd, I'd say maybe they need two out of the three of the Raiders, Souths, and Sharks games. But Yeah. One week at a time, Canberra this Starting week. To, yeah, look at... If they go Storm Raiders back-to-back, then I can still sit here and go, okay, now we can start looking at it. Oh, them. and that's what that's what Adam O'Brien said. Mm. Like, next week's huge. Yeah, because after that... That'll, not, that'll get him in the mix. Sure, they wouldn't be discounting it, but Dolphins, with the, the way things have panned out for them, into the dogs, 
Yeah. Like, if you get the next two and you're heading into the dogs, I'm not chalking that one up as a guarantee, but you'd be like, fucking hell, we're on here. Like, we're, yeah. we might be 11 with three to go and we might only need one with a draw pending other results or we might need to, but we're at least giving ourselves a sniff. That's right. But we'll see how the next few weeks play out. But overall, very, very good. Like you said, uh, yeah, the the gift that they gave earlier than the, the soft crashing when it got to 12 nil. Sort of felt like, okay, maybe might be just one of those nights where things sort of come easy again. But as soon as it got into a bit of a contest and turned tough, it's to that point that Bellamy talked about. Do we want to be a tough football team? Because it seems like at the moment we just like to do things when it's easy and things go our way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll move on from them. Cowboys, Eels. I, f- I felt like this was a pretty dominant 70, despite the fact that... So did I. 32 yeah, so offloads I. to six. And a lot of the numbers probably wouldn't tell you that in terms of metres and... Set and possession, this, that. I just I just really felt like they were in full control of this game. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the way some of the tries unfolded, I guess that could probably be a contributing factor as well. They got to that right-hand side a couple of times. Did, and when he broke through early, it was way too easy. They probably left a similar deal. A little bit of meat on the bone in terms of their attacking side of things. But the biggest thing that we said that was missing at the start of the year for them and what made them so good last year is they were one and two in almost every defensive category besides Penrith. They were the best at killing set starts. They were the best at getting out of their own end as well and producing second phase and rolling upfield, scrambling, defending their goal line, like back-to-back repeat, like all that sort of stuff seems to have come back. When a team offloads the ball 33 times to your six and makes you make second efforts, repeat efforts, scramble efforts, breakdown sort of things, and you concede zero in a bin period, they're all the things you sit there and clip during the week and go, fucking, how good's this? All that stuff, what's going to win you a finals game? Again, last 10 minutes, sure. But when you look at that and go, okay, we may have made this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many extra tackles. And I thought it was dominant. Oh, yeah, it felt I, I never felt like Parramatta were going to win that game. No, the score is not reflective at all no. of what happened. Um, which I guess for them would be a little bit disappointing, but the, the real polarizing moment for me which really brought me back to thinking the other Cowboys last year was half time when that bin happened and they dug in for that four minutes and you just saw how ramped up all of them were I was like yeah this is what they were like last year it was a bit of a false economy because yeah I'm not sure that should have been a sin bin this has been an argument even on our page between a lot of people I'm big like I've said it before about lowering your targets but there's also ones I look at like that and the wording and like direct and forceful to that I think it's a crock shit it's one of those ones I don't think it was direct and forceful I think it's incidental contact like, from we, the impact. We were speaking about this over the weekend. I, I, I'm okay with turning the bin. And I think the fact that he got turning the bin and then didn't get a suspension, just got a fine. I think that's pretty much the up. sweet spot we need to be in at the mm, moment. With the sin bin. But I'm not sure, like if the reason for sin binning was direct and forceful contact to the head, I think it's wrong. Yeah. Because I thought... Yeah, I don't know. There, there were some angles there where I was like, oh, it looks like you hit him on the chin. Nah. And then there were other angles there where it was sh- clearly shoulder first. And then he goes And his head comes down and on his chin. I was like, 
If he hit him directly in the chin, mate, he'd be fucking I'm sleeping. not sure he'd get up. No. Yeah. And that was the other thing that pissed me off. Moses gets up, has enough energy and whereabouts to go up, tap his chin, complain to the ref and have a chin wag, and then yeah. I'll go for a HIA. Yeah. Yeah. Which and that's another the other part thing. of this system yeah. where I'm like, if it was direct and forceful contact to the head, it mate, should be a HIA. If he hit him directly and forced from the head, he wouldn't have been fucking talking. He'd be sleeping. Mm. That impact, jamming in almost 20 from where he did, that's car crash stuff. You hit mm. someone directly in the face from that, again, ticked at expensive mouth, broken jaw. Severe concussion or complete knockout. Like, we're talking hospital-level stuff, off on a stretcher. Yeah. Right. So, to me, that didn't start at the head. It's one of those... But, again, I get the argument. People go, well, the impact of that, there's a duty of care, that led to the whiplash or the head contact. Like, you can argue both ways and no one's going to agree on it. But, for the most part, I thought that's a good shot. And if you can get up and winch to the referee and point in your mouth and hold the ball and be very coherent, yeah, I think it was more incidental contact from where the, the initial hit was. Yeah. Um, but if we're going to have absolutely zero again on the head contact, then we can go back to the Dallin one and go, okay, well, you just can't touch the face or hit anyone full stop. Yeah, yeah, or exactly. there was an argument in the Storm game about uh, Hughes laid down from a swinging arm there from Fitzgibbon. I'm like, I don't think that was intentional by Fitzgibbon, but he got him in the chin. Do I agree with him laying down? Did he milk it a bit? Probably. But again, what are you going to accept as head contact or non-head contact or what's an accident? What's not? We've said this a hundred times in here. Football is not perfect, and there's always going to be accidents. Of course. But things that are, like, flat out, you know, causing injury or illegal or crazy shit, like when you see a tap out knee lift or blatant shoulder touch, things like that, we just look at and go, okay, that's just stupid or that flat out dangerous. Of course. Mm. Suspend and punish. Yeah. But for a moment like that, when I watch that, I was like, man, I get it. Yeah, I oh, should have dipped a little bit lower. This. I'm like, oh, I think it's just such a huge collision. And the slow-mo always makes everything look worse. Absolutely. Um, it's one of those ones where, in the moment, the result in the end now, I think they've probably looked at it as well and go, well, the sin bin definitely was punishment enough along with the fine. Yeah. Not weeks. Yeah. But, yeah, that, they'd be extremely proud more on that side of things. There that, that was good good stuff within their attack. Like, no, 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 try. Toll like you knock on their looks. So they left a little bit on the bone, but um, halves are very, very good. The fact that they can roll Tamalala off the bench just for a... 30, 35 minutes off the back of a couple of injuries and he just punches out 120 metres in no time. Losing Nenai with here and Peyton, so probably what they could class as a four to six week injury, but an AC joint doesn't heal. So it's going to be needled and it's going to test the resilience of him, which was, you know, interesting to hear him sort of talk about. It was really insightful on the radio. Yeah. Um, the way he talked about that. But Lukey is nearly back. I mean, we've talked about the other week. They can find a back row because Kula Kefu and the few opportunities he's had, he's been brilliant. So whether that has to be the case in the next few weeks, we know that Hess has gone out there. If they want to roll someone in that middle rotation, maybe they want to roll Tamalolo back in for more minutes. Um, they've got a few options to try and cover for that. Yeah, they do. But well, the most yeah. important thing for them is they just keep winning. And this is another one this week, direct effect result. We'd said that Parramatta needed to win, and that was one that was directly in contact with them. Well, the Titans aren't so much in touch, but it's another good situation to be rolling into. You're going, okay. Not only can we pretty much shut them out, but this is a good game to get on the back of the win streak we've been on and really sort of solidify where we're at. And they're in a perfect spot that we talked about the other week. Pending their draw, they might realise that top four is out of reach and be able to just have a rest when we're worried about that burnout factor for them to win those games. Yeah, They might be able to look at Penrith in round 27 and go, you know what, fuck that. We're not sending our team down to Penrith. Whether you like it or not, yeah, we're sending our Q Cup team because this game means nothing and there's going to be nothing good come of it even though we could potentially win it or dent their confidence or do whatever, like we're just, we're going to go 14-day prep here. We're going to have a couple of rest days. We might have a bit yeah. of a blowout. 
we'll prep for the week and we'll roll in the week one refreshed and thinking that we're going to be able to claim some scalps here. So that's probably the thing I'm most interested to see is just their next few weeks. And again, without being too boring and quickly having a look at that draw, Titans this week would get into 12. The, the big one the week after would be the one I think I'd be aiming towards. They got Brisbane, but at North Queensland. And then into a bye. Yeah. So I think right now, if you're Todd Payton, you're like, you definitely want to win the Titans game. But the Brisbane one could be huge. If they can roll them heading into the bye, they go home with the Sharks, who are obviously very vulnerable. The Dolphins are getting Queensland, so travel-wise the next few weeks, they only travel once, and then they finish at Penrith. So they'll be able to put themselves in a position where, where as long as they lock up the finals, they'll, I, I think last round I wouldn't send anyone. No, no. If, yeah, not if you can't move. But particularly, yeah, looking at and that There's draw, no advantage to it. Then you put everyone on ice, absolutely, and you use it as a second bite of the cherry of, in that you give yourself a long turnaround and a good prep, like you said. Of that next four, I, if I'm him, I'm like, I'm, I want the Titans, Sharks, and... Well, who do they play the week before that? Which one? The week before the last round. Dolphins. Yeah, right. So if you, if you play well there and you win, and yeah, then you're in a position where you you can't move. You're resting for sure. Well, if they grab three of that four, because like you know they they're one of these ones that had, uh, you know, have already got no game in hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if you get to fourteen, you know you're in. Who cares? Correct. Just prep for week one. Yeah. Look, we've had a big load. We've won seven or eight of our last nine, etc., and only had that one loss. We had a big tie out of origin. If we're healthy and in a really good position, let's just freshen up and gun everything to week one. Yeah. And try and go on a, a streak here to finish off. But they've certainly put themselves in pole position here um, for this sort of run home. But yeah, that next next three in particular are very interesting. Titans this week, off the back of what they dished up into Brisbane, who... They started well against Brisbane at the start of the year, I thought, even when they were playing poorly. That game got out of hand. Hmm. But Derby games and at North Queensland, that could be the perfect way to head into the bye and then reassess where they're at. Right. Uh, yeah, good result for them. For Parramatta, uh, it's a tough one to take again because overall, it's a bit underwhelming and even with that much second phase and movement and opportunity to get the opportunities they did late. Lots of guys like Gustin, as usual, doesn't go away. He was fantastic. Moses backed him up a few times there. Um, but yeah, just felt that they were beaten in most areas and still got to wait for Brown to get back in the mix in terms of their halves. Then Sean Lane, that elbow injury looked horrendous. Yeah, it didn't look good. Um, Regan's going to be still out, as we know, from his sort of suspension. So you're on shaky ground a little bit for them in terms of what they're going to dish up the next few weeks. And Storm, certainly both teams desperate this week. It'll be really interesting to see how both of them react. It's going to be a massive game. Mm. With some big ramifications. Yeah. Like you said, Mel, uh, the, the Eels are going to have to roll someone as an underdog yep. to get themselves back in the mix, definitely. Dogs, Panthers, I don't have a whole lot to say about this one. Um, like I said, I got those messages from a few mates or people <laughs> complaining. Like I don't want to be too insulting, but it was almost a training run. 28 nil. they got that late one from Alamotti. I know the tries the second half, like Avarillo was a nice individual piece of play there. Yeah, skirting the outside and busting through and Skelton who was very very busy in yardage and at least try hard good grab and good contest but clear his first run halves come well back together props laid a great platform or, or along with Yo uh, like, to me you just look at them and they're going to slowly build nicely over the next few weeks and they'll be in a similar position I'm sure they'll assess things when they get to 
the back end there, and, and they might even look at the last round. Like, Cowboys have been in a similar spot where they're like, you know what? We can't go any further. We might have locked in the top two. We've got a home final. A couple of these, anyone who's got a niggle or a rest, we might, you know, might roll a couple out because they don't have the depth that they once did. I know they won through nicely to this period, but they're certainly not in a position here where they'd be willing to risk somebody. But their draw for the run home, similar to what we talked about, the Warriors, is loaded with opportunities at home. So Penrith at home this week against the Sharks, at home against the Storm, then they have two away trips, and then they have two at home again. So four of the last six at Bluebet. And all teams that they play there are finals teams. So for them, there's no better prep. Absolutely, yeah. Sharks, Storm, Eels, and if they need to play that Cowboys game to solidify anything last round, all at Bluebet. Yeah, well. And I'm sure on the road, they won't be too worried about going to the Gold Coast. Right. Or, you know, Four Pines, you know, they've certainly had the wood on Manly in more recent times as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think for Penrith, it'll be up to them, depending on what position they're in and how they want to handle things. Yeah. But from the weekend, I'd just take it more as, you know, got your, your squad back on deck. They've sort of worked through different makeups of their bench the last few weeks. That was a different looking bench again on the weekend. The way they played Martin sort of got some minutes to roll him out and get Garner back into the mix. So whether that's a form thing, health thing, they got him a part of the plan. He seemed to be out for a little bit there. Um, it looked like they were going. Yeah, well, Hoskin came in and did a good job and mm. sort of jumped him in that position. And yeah, that was talk. Not through anything that Garner did wrong, but more just because Hosking went in and did a good job. Oh, they reckon there was some health issues as well. I wasn't sure how serious, but mm. whether that was the case or just the form, like I know that wasn't great. We're but... talking about Garner. Mm. And no, I, think they... it was, I don't think it was form at all. They also went with the one hooker option for a bit. Now he's got Sony back on the bench. Like yeah. That's probably more what interests me for Penrith moving forward. If they stay with their key players, which obviously they need their two international props, they need... Yo, healthy, Martin, like, probably in terms of forward depth, they can't afford to lose any of those blokes. No. Um, but if they're all on board, I'd just more interested to see how he makes up the bench. Does he play the two nines? Does he carry that sort of utility player instead? Does he look at a peachy type kind of player, but in between yeah, the rest of them? Garner was in, Hoskin was in, Eisenhuth's been in, Lindsay Smith's been in. Sort of that makeup is more what interests me Yeah, for the back end. Um, but for the dogs, they've done a bit of wheeling and dealing today, that result. Obviously not great. A lot of question marks from Dogs fans about what the fuck they're doing with Reed Marnie. He was injured. He was crook. Why would you even bother playing in the middle? Like, it all seemed a bit stupid to me. Yeah. If he's injured, not ready to go, and you're not going to use him at nine, you just don't play him. Yeah. Pretty simple. Fair. Why the fuck would you risk him if he was injured and playing at third end in the middle of all places where he doesn't play? Mm. Like, yeah. Just leave him out. But Liam Knight today, instantly from South, they reckon that Taff will be followed. Not too far behind. The one I found really interesting was to talk about Fytala Mariner because I've heard nothing but good things about Fytala Mariner. They even named him club captain or part of the leadership group. Now, apparently, they want him gone. Mm. So, it's been a, a rough back end of the year and plenty of noise around for them. Um, I'd hope to finish on a high. But even confirming the Liam Knight deal today, that was the first question that was asked. That, Hold on a minute. Didn't you have to get rid of someone to get sexed in? And it's been confirmed, yeah, if someone will be... Demoted or put down again just to play cup for the rest of the year. I'm like, well, don't know how that's going to go. For I didn't realise you could drop players out of the top. That, that, that'd have to agree to it, so that's more interesting. Mm. And how do you sell that to a player? Like, what if a player's like, nah? Yeah. Unless they're guaranteeing them something for next year or development if they're a fringe. Like, again, it'd be interesting to see who the player is. Yeah, well, yeah, it will be. But the noise around Fytala was crazy to me because, again, 
I've heard nothing but good things. Overcome some really big injuries. Could it be someone else retiring? Highly touted around that group. Um, he had some illness and issues this year, but he's fought through that and tried to get back on the field. So to hear that this week, I was like, well, that's come out of nowhere. Yeah. But again, whether it's true or not, it's a different story. He's manager and that have come out and denied it and said, well, we've only heard about the, the last few days, but apparently we've been told. So mm. who knows? But it's been interesting at the Bulldogs this year, that's for sure. Hashbang. So dusted there. And the last one was the Sharks Manly game. Um, tail of two halves. <laughs> Crazy. That was... Crazy. Everything stuck for Manly in the first half. They yeah, well, that, did a good job. They moved the ball. They passed the ball. They used their skill. Well, they tested that new edge out, that's for mm. sure. And I thought they, you know, knowing and seeing a little bit of their prep, they know what they wanted to do first half. And second half, maybe started a scoreboard watch a little bit, clock watch a little bit, and put the cue in the rack and tried to get going at the back end there when it got close, but... We've seen it a million times, haven't we, when teams switch off and then try and get going again. Manly just couldn't do it. And look, I think in the end they were lucky to win that game because Cronulla bombed probably two chances late to steal it or at least to draw it up. So again, I think the difference between Manly's best and worst footy at the moment is probably a little bit further apart than what Seabs would want. You know, and we're having that problem at reserve grade level as well at times. Just that when our we have our bad period, that's when we're leaking points, and at times that's probably cost us games this year. So, mm. and you know the same habits. I'm not making first a, I've got a little bit. So not making a whole. But that was extremely important. It's not easy to go there and win. No, it's not easy to go there when Canola aren't playing well and are desperate for a win. So it was it was a huge win in the context of also, the uh, season. We talk about it again. They're one of the biggest sides in the comp. They're not huge minute players. They usually have to push the, their middles. Yeah. Paseca only lasted four minutes. LA only lasted 26 minutes. Considering so, that. And that certainly took a toll back at the back end of the game. Like, they wouldn't have wanted to play Woods, Kepi, and Lodge probably for the minutes they did, but they had to. No, that's right. So Lodge Sometimes not, you get caught in that position. Mm. Lodge, didn't mind you, they're probably out of the three. Has a good motor, but hasn't been playing a lot of footy. Well, he played the 60 the week before for us, but that's not NRL. No. And he looked, well, he wasn't gassed, but he was certainly breathing. How many minutes did Lodge play? 53. Yeah, there you go. Kepi played 42, Woods... Eight, uh, 32, and then Matto obviously got a run uh, at the back end there for... 14, 15? Uh, he got 18. There you go. Yep. Uh, yeah, I thought for them, Taylor two halves like we spoke about, they really I'd tested... I'd love to see him use it at 13. Mm. I really would. They, they, couldn't win, they couldn't win in the middle of the field, and again, that new edge got attacked. Tracy tried to solve one on his own, <laughs> sort of got pulled apart. The chip and chase from Schuster, the best bounce of all time for Olegawatu. Yeah. Sav come out with some really nice passes, especially the one back inside for Cooler. I thought he was gone for all money. Um, but like you said, a lot of things sort of just stuck the first half. And second half, it was the Sharks all downhill. Will Kennedy in particular yeah. had his hand in absolutely everything, running, sweeping both sides of the field, linking up with Trindle, linking up with uh, Nico Hines. He had a really good link with Trindle, I thought. But yeah, him and Hines obviously naturally got a great connection. He's probably the most important player, I'd say, in their attack. Yeah, that's fair. Like, and that's not taken away from Nico at the house, but I think at this point in time, Kennedy, in terms of running, ball playing, and just all all around, when you look at what he brings to the table, I'd be really interested to see what happened if they took Kennedy out of the mix mm. at this point in time. I think he's, I wouldn't say he's unsung, but I think it's really understated how important he is for what they do. <coughs> I agree. But him for, and Nico, I think yeah. working together. Fanukin though, uh, Tom Bicep, he's going to be out for the season. 
Jesse yeah. Colhoun, who got the back row job, and they've got plenty of traffic at him, like 42 tackles. He only missed two, but he's copped a suspension. So he's going to be missing, so they're going to have to patch that up this week. Just the overall confidence, I guess, of the way they started and then to miss you out at the back end. They almost stole, like you said, there was that kick across field where Katara and Ramian are both in, and the way the ball bounced, if Katara hadn't come in for the contest, might have landed right in his lap. Yeah, well, I think it would have. We are talking um, about that on Sunday night. But yeah, I just also look at them to the point of what we said, and... I don't know. Like, I, I just don't think they win many middle battles and question whether they could beat men in the better forward packs. Yeah. Any of those teams that have a better forward pack, I think they're just going to get carved up in the middle. And we know that when you lose that, you tighten the belt and then your edges get more exposed. So just sort of look at them at this point in time and you add a couple of injuries on top plus the confidence and all the talk around Nico and the consistency there. Like, oh, he sprayed a touch judge and if it was, you know, Walsh again or someone like Bad Reynolds on 360 night, like that sort of play, he probably got suspended or fine on that. Yeah, I get all that, but I, th- I think that also just shows where he's at, you know. Since Origin, it's all sort of been negative. Mm. They've had some bad results. There's been some pressure on them. There's been plenty of talk. Um, things are certainly uh, getting getting hot at the Sharks. Well, naturally. Mm. Are they? Yeah, naturally. The way that they're playing, they're, no one's happy with that. Mm. And, yeah, Craig Fitzgibbon's going to have to find some answers in real quick. And we'll see the lineups obviously next when we do our game, but yeah, I'll be interested to see what those changes are. Um, and then, like we said today, straight away, only one week after I'm getting dropped, there's talk about Moreland going to France. I was like, all right. Mm. <laughs> things are certainly moving quickly. They are. In yeah. that sort of cycle, but that's the things you don't want. But don't know how long Alloy is out for for Manly, uh, but they certainly can't afford to lose any more middles. Paseca, they're saying, done basically until maybe week one of the finals or last round at best. Yeah. So that's a blow. Massive. Um, so that might, you know, that looked a lot worse though when he came off. I thought it was his back initially because the way they picked him up and you sort of twist a bit awkward when you're a big fella that maybe something had just clicked or jammed. But then they showed that different angle of the way his leg was because bodies were blocking up the twist. I was like, ugh. Yeah, it was yuck. It didn't look good, but if it's, uh, you know, only a month or a little bit less, that's a good result for that. I agree. Because initially, yeah, I just thought it was just a big man getting twisted a little bit and getting held up there and maybe something going on in the back. I've had that up before when you're a bit of wrestling and you're like, ah, my back! And you lock up, but. Yeah, once that other angle swung around, I was just like, oh, the old uh, salt and pepper shaker on the knees, never good. Something's definitely gone pop and doesn't feel too great. But, yeah, Croker, Cherry Evans, all the Kawatu certainly back to good form. Um, you know, like we said, Saab. Yeah, but yeah, for the rest of them, Kennedy was certainly the standout, but Ramey, McInnes, Nico all had big second halves and just too little too late. Hmm. Hmm. What about the NRLW? The bird that got done. She got done for biting. There we go. How two, long did she get? Two weeks. Yeah, lucky. Champ. That's pretty light. But I guess in the women's context, it's less round. So you multiply it in the men's season. You can't get using someone's arm like a roast beef. Yeah, we saw the replay because I only heard about it today. Like, fresh ads um, probably shouldn't be where it is. But at the same time, you also can't yeah, get Yeah, well, she was, she was, it was a grapple. Like, it was straight yeah. across her face. It looked like there was a little bit of pressure in it as well. Yeah, so, so she's had a hat. Not that I'm condoning biting, but... When you're choking someone out and their arms across your face, then... She's gone full Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. So give me a bit of this. It's not great. A bit chewy. I get it. Yeah. And good start to their competition as well. On the Tigers side of things, if you're a fan, much better result than the men's team. They ran up a score against Parramatta. Tigers fan. 36-8. to eight. Sharkies, who were one of the big originators in the women's side of things, good result against them in the inaugural game for them and the Raiders at points bet. 28-4. Uh, so 28-14. Mm-hmm. 
Tonegato and some of the ladies there. Newcastle, dominant against the Dragons. Uh, had some losses, obviously, in particular Boyle, but with Upton and the crew they've got there. Still going to be a factor. And the Titans, winning start against the Cowboys. They only trolled against each other a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and that was close until the death. And no surprise, the Roosters, much like in the men's comp, talk that they've got the best players, including international centers, Millie Boyle, uh, a very stacked roster, pretty dominant win over the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're the one that a lot of people are looking Smacked at. Smacked them up. Saying, well, that's absolutely loaded. Particularly been able to fit in Sergis and Kelly then on top of that, <clears> getting <throat> Taran Aiken, Millie Boyle, Keely Davis, Kearney. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a hefty roster. Loaded. <clears throat> over the next few weeks, that'll play out a bit more. Um, the inaugural teams, always interesting to see how that one goes. But yeah, Tigers probably... I wouldn't say a surprise packet, but big win for them, first up. Huge, yeah. Very big win. <clears throat> Good start for the NRLW and a bit more content over the next few weeks, which is always good. Too much football is never enough. Let's have a look at our tips and the preview ahead of round 22. This one's obviously brought to you by bluebet.com.au, but also Tobias and the team at Sinclair Hyundai Penrith. And, uh, a great man, Toby. He's a great man, Toby. Get yourself into a Tucson, Santa Fe, or a good old Velociraptor. Corner of Batch Street and New York Roads. Go talk to Toby and the team. They will get you moving. But we obviously know the odds and everything brought to you by bluebet.com.au. Support our charity account. Support them. If you're going to have a pump with someone, do it with somebody who supports a good cause. There is no one better than the true blue bookie. So let's have a look. What happened last week with the scores, mate? Uh, five apiece. So you went the Titans, I went the Roosters, which gave me a one-up. But then in the last game, you had mainly on the Sharks. So they're the two that we had different. So five apiece, 96. Did I tip the Titans last week? You sure did. What an idiot. You stuck with them. And I said, I don't think the Roosters deserve to be tipped, but I've just got a feeling. So I did. But I I did the same with the Sharks. I stuck with the Sharks and I have to turn around. You went mainly. You were right. So that was the only point of difference, but we ended up even in the end anyway. So you still got a three lead. Broncos Roosters kick things off at the Gabba, as you said, Thursday night. Big game there. Uh, yeah, pa, pa, pa. Flegler is back. Palacio goes back to the bench. Dane Mariner comes in the wing for Arthur, who's suspended. Brennan Piacura comes back with Martin Tapper out. So he goes into the back row. And for the Roosters... Victor Radley is back. He comes in at lock. He missed last week with an injury to his hamstring. That's the only change to the side against the Titans. With him starting, Brown goes back to the bench. Seal Wong drops to the extended reserves. That's disappointing. Mm. I think if there's anyone to be playing for the back end of the year in preparation for next year, not saying well, the season's over, but down. the form of the guy uh, in cup, particularly in the potential, I wouldn't have him out of the mix yeah. at all. And he can play middle or edge. I'd say he's a good player. He's a very good player. I'd be giving him some minutes, don't you get me wrong. Uh, Smith, named to start week after last week, obviously that was the late flip. I don't think that surprised anybody. Chances, like Mariner's a very good replacement. Flegler back into the mix and Perry Crew back into the back row. Just Brisbane. Let Carrigan go back to lock. Yeah, there's there's nothing at the moment. This is the prove-it week for them. So with that, we both stick with the Broncos. No surprise. And the odds reflected with bluebet.com.au. The Broncos are $1.37. 3.10 are the Roosters. Minus 8.5 is the line there. Tiger Souths. Very, very interesting, this one. It's at Tamworth. 
Scully Park. So the tour for South continues. It'd be interesting how that travel plays in there. Mm. Back end of the year, we needing to win as well. It's never easy being on the road, especially for an extended period. Uh, but for the Tigers, Luke Brooks returns from that hamstring injury. Wow. Charlie Staines is also back from that stomach issue. Junior Tupo shifts to the centres. Tommy Talao out of the team. Sean Bloor hurt his quad in the warm-up last week. He's back on the bench alongside Twal, Atasi, James and Will Smith. And for South, Latrell, named last week. He's been named again this week. Again, I'm not going to believe that until we actually get the game time because he yeah. was only supposed to miss it's one week. But, it's mate, now been 10 weeks. South should be winning. So he'll be back in the side. And after making his own return last week, Arrow goes from back row to prop. Host joins the starting side. Jed Cartwright replaces Talis Duncan on the interchange. And yes, I agree right there. I don't care who come in for the The Broncos Tigers. should be winning this game you for mean, their team. You mean South? South, sorry. Shit. <laughs> that is reflective of our last few days. That was friend. the previous game. That's all right. Like I said, that is a reflection. I knew what I meant. Yep, and so did I. Yeah. I'm just letting you know, similar deal. I've been under the doona. We haven't been under the doona. We've been under the pump. Yeah. We've been hit with rice in the whole fucking bar in the last few days. Yes. Don't you worry. Uh, but no surprise here, both on the bunnies and they're a dollar seven with bluebet.com.au. Well, should be a dollar one. Yeah, eight fifty for the tiggies, minus twenty and a half is the line there. Storm, Marvel Stadium again, uh, crash landing last time against the Panthers. They've got Parramatta here. Lots of changes to this side. New centre pairing, Young Tunnel Payer and Marion Sebe in for Remus Smith at a doctor in June. Again, like I said, Olam's not listed as injured. So they might have punted him. He just out. ain't picking him, mate. So he's he not, just ain't picking him. Not happy. Nelson, he's finger, enough. finger, he's out. Tom Eisenhuth's going to start in the back row. Tarek Sims, double whammy, got suspended and copped a nice $2,000 fine, double charge. Outstanding. Uh, he's got himself out of the side. Alessia Guitar had that eye surgery. He's on the bench, so potentially a late start for him. And Tyron Wishart also on the bench. For the Eels, Andrew Davey goes in to replace Sean Lane. That dislocated elbow. Joey Lussick on the bench after getting that release and returning from England. So I don't know how he's fitness-wise or speed-wise up to scratch, but we said it a few years ago, like the form that he showed in that rotation at the back end there, they should have kept him. Yeah. They've sort of been a hooker short or a backup hooker short this whole time. And then Hodgson there's talking now that that surgery, he's not going to be back next year. I reckon that might be retirement material now, so... okay. More than urgent than they needed to get a backup hooker, but someone who's also familiar with what they do. Yeah, right. So interesting how this one plays out. Oof. I've got a bit of a feeling about Parramatta. No. Storm. You want the Storm? Yeah. Hmm. Tui, Welch, Iso starting, and then a bench of Garlic, McDonald, Wishart, and Guitar. Um, yeah. They've got the cheapos back in, mate. And who's he got? Ogden, Paulo, Davey, Cartwright, Hopgood, Moretti, Offa, Joey, Matto. Mm. The centers do worry me. I know what he's going. I know what he's angling at, but Seve and Tonamapaya. It's uh, not my favorite center pairing of all time. No. I must, I must admit. No, I agree. It is certainly no frills from Craig, and he likes it, it that way. Uh, yeah, right. Dylan Brown, but? No. When's that? Next week. Dragons, I think around 23. So yeah, next week. Yeah, right. I'll tip Melbourne, but again, this is a bit like last week. One or two of the games I sort of went the other way was with you about the Manly sort of thing. I look at this one. If Parramatta win, I'm not surprised. And if they are, are you tipping? I've tipped the Storm. 
Yeah. If we lose here, the alarm bells will be ringing. Oh, they will be ringing. Oh, yes. Dollar forty-five favorite other Melbourne Storm at bluebet.com.au. Two seventy-five for the Eels. Six and a half start. Yeah, I think it's about right. Mm. Yeah, that one's that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. That one. But bookie obviously give some credit to the home team. But yeah, I think that that one for me would have been closer to a pick him or maybe a little bit less. But we'll see what happens. Raiders Knights, big game in the context for both. Huge, huge uh, in terms of things for the Raiders. Corey Horsburgh was charged, but only a fine. So he's able to play. So the same 17 there for the Raiders, for the Knights. Daniel Safidi injured, replaced by Jacob in the front row. Brody Jones joins the bench. Adam Elliott was charged, but also just the money fine. So the same lineup for them. Canberra and Canberra will be looking to respond. I know it's always hard after traveling, but a run under the belt for Pali. Certainly will do him some good, and it's one of these ones again where home games back end of the year have to win. Yeah, and they had a poor showing earlier against Newcastle, so I think this one might be pretty important. You on the Raiders? Oh yeah, yeah, but not with a lot of confidence. No. Nah. Not at all. It's another one again where if you like it the other way... Or... Not, not because they don't rate Canberra. No. The thing about Newcastle is I think they can they can ring up some points. Yeah. You're right. You are so certainly I'll, right. I'll tip... I mean, I always you know say this. If it's a 50-50 toss of the coin, I go with the home team. Mm. this was in Newcastle, I'd be picking Newcastle. That's how close I think it, it may potentially be. Well, I'm interested in what if, the line is. If this was Newcastle, I'd definitely be tipping yeah. Newcastle. But I'd have the line at probably two and a half. Mind you, I think this suits Newcastle because it's early afternoon in Canberra. So what, is, it, what is the line? If it's dry. I'd have it two and a half. It's minus three and a half. Yeah, there you go. So Raiders are $1.67 at bluebet.com.au. The Knights are two twenty three and a half is the line. Uh, but yeah, days and time footy as well. Yeah, I'd have the odds a bit closer I think that uh, certainly helps Newcastle because they like to play a bit of footy. Dollar seventy five, two twenty five, something like that. I'd have it. Yeah, mm. uh, big one, yeah. obviously, in the context for Manly after that win on the weekend to keep things on life support. DCE three hundredth, Win Stadium three hundredth against the Dragons for the Dragons. Connor Mulhausen going to make his debut off the bench as Moses Mbai has been granted release, so he will be the backup nine. Wow, okay. sharp player, Mulhausen. Yeah, well, I'll take him off my tip sheet. Mm. I don't mind him. I've always sort of liked him. I know he's only a smaller player. Yeah, but he gets, mate, he gets him around the field. He's certainly uh, nippy out of dummy half. There's no doubt about that if you get him a bit of go forward. Be interesting to see how he goes in grade. Anyone else going up or down? Because we're obviously playing him. No, that's the only change by looks of thing. Dan Russell, I'm happy for that bloke. Yeah, he's, he's been a good. grinder forever, just playing looking for an footy. opportunity. Yeah. Always thought he did a good job for PNG and goes from a debut to starting in the back row. Yeah. Good way to finish the year and put yourself in the shop front window. Um, but for the Manly Sea Eagles, Paseca, knee gone, LAA, that shoulder gone. So Matt Lodge and Toff Sipley will start. Bullimore joins the bench. Jake Chavoyevich passed that HI at the end of the game, so he'll be ready to go. And as we said, Daly Cherry Evans, 300. Who's in the extended squad for Manly? What, sorry, what's what's the bench? Madison, Woods, Kepi, Bullimore. Yeah, and then and what's reserve. the starting pack then? Starting pack. Who's the back rowers? Toff and Lodge. Ola, Kelma, yeah. Jake. Yeah, okay. So the extended is weak. Look at Middles depth, don't they? Like, just bang, bring bring those boys straight back in. Like, we had Toff last week. We had Bullamore last week. Had Kepi and Lodge the week before that. Just rolling in and rolling out. 
Mm. Well, it hurts you more than anyone. What's happening? Oh, it's going to hurt us, yeah. But uh, they got Weeksy, Condon, okay. Arthur, Ray, and Gordon. So yeah, most of the guys that will come back to your name are middles. Yeah, that's okay. So, we've got Benny Condon. We'll roll back, mm. and then we've got Boyle and Diaz who are who are there as well. So yeah, well, I still like them because it's DC's three hundred. Yeah, I, mate, it's must win for Manly. Three hundred for DCE. Has they have to win? And for season, like we said, they're on absolute life support. They gave themselves a hope with the results of that last week. Yeah, uh, but yeah, obviously, no hope if you lose this one. So we're both. Yeah. On Manly and with bluebet.com.au, a dollar forty-five favorite, two seventy-five for the Dragons, minus six and a half is the line in that one. Panther Sharks at Bluebet Stadium could get ugly depending on what they dish up. Spencer has been replaced on the bench by Matt Eisenhuth from a knee injury. Isaac Tagar will probably will miss another week. They hopefully yeah. be back the week after. Rest him up. And Braden Trindle is still the preferred five-eight. Matt Moylan is the eighteenth man. Wade Graham's back from his toe injury. He starts in the back row with Jesse Calhoun suspended. And on the back of that, Dale Finucane, as we said, was suspended. Cam McKinnis starts at lock. Siffer, Talakai returns to the bench after being a late withdrawal last week. Mm. I think it's huge for the Sharks, but I think Penrith will take joy in just inflicting more pain. I agree. So with that being said, at Bluebet Stadium, Rockus 7.30. In the riff with plenty of people pissed up from drinking at lunchtime onwards. There's all three grades on, I'm pretty sure, as well. Yeah, right. Locals love that shit around here, as we know. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, if you're rolling in from Cronulla, which I call Penrith for the Beach, yeah, I think it's going to be a very rowdy night on the hill. I think you might be right. I'm going to... We play at three o'clock in Wollongong. I'm going to try and shoot across and see the NRL game at 5.30 and then head home. Fair enough. Little girl's birthday on... Little girl's birthday party on Sunday, but parties mm. yep. into a birthday on Monday. So I would love to be on the hill at Penrith, but I won't be this weekend. I need a lie. I'll be commentating. So I'll be in the yeah. car when this one kicks off. Yeah. On the way back. But no surprise, we're both on Penrith and the odds are big with bluebet.com.au at Bluebet Stadium, $1.13. $6 for the Sharks, 16 and a half the line. So mm. reflective of where they are at this current moment. Uh, Dolphins, Dogs, big one for the Dogs. Not saying, you know, it's one they should win, but it's certainly one of the teams that you can look at and go, okay, need to be more competitive against the teams that are outside the eight. This one's in Bundaberg. So another one on the road. Uh, For them, in terms of any changes, Villami Kikau has been named for his first game since round four. Josh Adokar also named. Preston back from a late withdrawal. With illness, Braden Burns is also in. Toby Sexton's back at halfback, so a heap of change. Sutton is back in the reserves, possibly returning from his neck injury. And Liam Knight could be called into the squad later in the week. Flanagan and Waddell will come onto the bench after starting last week, and Ockenball goes out to 18th man. So huge amount of change in terms of their team list and off the bye. For the Dolphins, Hammer returns to fullback. After two games in the centres, Nicarima shifts to 5-8. Milford goes back to the bench. Val Tavare gets the centre spot back. Marshall King is named to come back from that shoulder injury. Harrison Graham goes to the reserves. And Kenny Bromwich starts at lock. Stone is out with a broken hand. Jared Wallace beat the shoulder charge. I don't know how. Beat the charge. He beat the charge, but he's on the bench. So. Um, 
I'm going Dolphins, man. The Bulldogs concede 40 points every week. Yeah, plus up at Bundy. I, gonna, can't, I just can't do it. I it's can't a, tip it, him. It's a pro-Queensland crowd. I reckon the hammer up field does. I think uh, like I like a lot of what the Bulldogs are doing, but man, defensively, they, they need to do a lot better. Hmm. I'd 100% agree with you there. Mm. I just think someone like the Hammer getting to the outside with the way they're defending and yeah. how easily they're getting beaten, I'd be extremely worried. Mm. He creates yeah, space, yeah. but he also makes his own space. Yeah, agree. It's one of those guys where sometimes you look and go, nothing's doing here, and before they're you know They're not it. a super prolific offensive side, though, the Dolphins, I think. Nah, but that'll, that'll play in the Bulldogs' hands. I actually think, and we said this before, the Wayne-type players, the guys he recruits, play well for him. The little glimpses of Milford, he's played well. Nick yeah. Arima's been great for him. Sullivan is the perfect type of steering wheel for a year one sort of team. Yeah. But they just have class in a few spots. Hammer gets his moments, you know. Marshall King, why he was playing, has his moments. Lemuelu and a couple of guys have had little bits of flashes. But other than that, they're a typical Wayne Bennett team. High completion, won't give you anything for free. Fight you over a tough $2 stake. And there's just a player here or there or pick a moment. So yeah. I, I look at that side of things and go, they're things I haven't seen from the Bulldogs. And it's great to go kick out back and this guy's back and that, but... If you're a back rower who hasn't played Super. for almost 18 weeks, it's a tough slog. Of course. And good old kicks, don't get me wrong. The back end of Penrith there, he proved me wrong in a lot of things, but I don't think I'm going to see him firing game one, you know, putting on the kick pressures and chasing bombs and doing a lot of little things he was doing. I think it'll be a yeah, we'll blowing see. out the cobwebs type of day. We'll see. And if there's any question marks on him as well, same deal. No offense, at this point in time, their season, I'd fucking shut him down. Mm. I wouldn't even be letting him play. Yeah, that's only my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll stick with the Dolphins and the odds here. The Dolphins are a dollar sixty-two at bluebet.com.au. The doggies two dollars thirty minus three and a half. There you go. What's the over under? So that's Probably definitely. They got that. Uh, open up and have a look. What are you after? Over under total points. Just interested because of. Not listed as of yet. There's only. Okay. Limited markets. There'll yeah. be more available in the next couple of days. Yeah, usually that that's a day of the game thing. Mm. But the last one is Queensland Derby. It's the Titans at home to the Cowboys. Hopefully a better after what they dished up last week. But a couple of changes. Joe Stimson is back after coming off the bench last week. Cleese Haas goes the other way to go to the bench. Tino still suspended. Liu starts at prop but could switch with Randall late, which has been the case the last few weeks. Aaron Clark remains at lock after a pretty good stint last week. But for the Cowboys, like we said, Nanai, four to six weeks without AC joint. Kulakefu Finifuiaki moves into the starting pack. Sam McIntyre joins the bench. Tanoa Brown is the other new face on the bench, taking the place of Griffin Neem, who failed his HIA. So, uh, regardless of that, the fact, like I said, that they can roll Tamalalo in for 30s and leave a guy out like Kyle Felt at this point in time. Pretty handy. Pretty good position to be in. Harbour's really good. Drinkwater's been absolutely prime. Um, a lot of confidence in the way they've been playing, so I think the Cows will want to keep building and solidify in that position after a rough start to the year and give themselves a chance for a rest, and you agree. No surprise, bluebet.com.au agrees. $1.38 for the Cows, three oh five the Titans, and minus 8.5 is the line. So... Mirror around for both of us there mm. in terms of tips. And uh, again, big thank you goes to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. And remember, what do you really gamble with? For free and confidential support, call 1800 858 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
And I'm pretty sure it's still there. Yes, it is. The six points or more at halftime get paid for an hour of matches. They'll pay you out head-to-head. If your team leads by six or more at halftime, get paid out, win or lose. Maximum winnings there, 100 bucks. Perfect. Um, yeah. Like I said, I know there probably might have not been as much in there still. A lot of talk. I know there's a lot of talking points. People have been asking at the CBA, a few other things that have happened. Just, again, not across everything after. They just need to get it done. How about that? Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at with it as well. Um, I I read a little bit myself because a lot of people sending me stuff because they're pro one way or the other. I can see arguments on both sides for things when they get done. That's the whole point. If you're not willing to talk, I'm not pro or one or the other. I just no, but I'm just saying it's ridiculous. It's gone on this long. It's ridiculous. It's all getting played out in the media. It's ridiculous. The fans are getting punished. Mm. It's craziness. Sit down, get it done. Simple. But yeah, after reading a bit on both sides and reading what was on the table, I'm like, well, I can see why they want this. I can see why they want that. But at the end of the day. If they're not willing to talk to each other, this shit's just going to drag on. So sit the fuck down, put those items on the table, try and get it a 50-50 or a bit of a win both ways, and let's move on. Um, I do think on one side, though, it has been very anti-player because, again... I don't know about that. Nah, like anything, though, the media is obviously the one who supplies the game and every like some of the ex-players and some of the things that they've had to say as well have sort of surprised me. Um, I'm not defending the players completely because some of... Some of it is horseshit, yes, but it's pretty hard to have the narrative go in your favour when everything is pretty much, you know, tied in with the TV deal and everything on the other side of it. Yeah. Fence, like, you're not going to come out looking good. But, yeah. Um, I'm not judging either party. Just get it done. Yeah. The, the simple fact is it shouldn't take 20 months to get it done. Whoever's no. responsible for that and whoever needs to go post the deal getting done, work that out later. Get in a room, be adults, get it done. Grand final, confirmed again for this year. That's another thing I, I need to sort of sort out. I know the NRL was pissed. Yeah, um, it's a stadium deal stuff. That the funding got withdrawn. A lot of people are going, well, why is that the case? I'm like, well, again, there's a new government now, so they're obviously trying to negotiate with them Yeah. under a new circumstance because the old government backflipped on a deal that they had um, in terms of the stadium funding or at least a better deal. I do know that they're getting their biggest payday this year, so I think they bumped it up a couple of million. So that's obviously a positive, but they've left it out there that they're willing to talk to Brisbane or Melbourne or whoever going forward. So that's another one where I look at it and go, well, that's not going to be sorted out overnight, but new government, new hope. Min's in particular, I'm not really big on Labor at the best of times, but he seems really pro-sport. He's tried to get the UFCs, he's tried to get our events here, doesn't want the grand final to go. So yeah, maybe with that sort of in mind and the fact that he's bringing events and sport, he might be able to... Uh, lock something down. If it's going to be attached to the stadium funding going back to the original deal, well, then I'm not so sure. But maybe he can entice it a little bit the other way with the extra money. Maybe. Um, But I'm certainly happy. As someone who's obviously a member that we are of the stadium, going to grand final every year regardless. We'd like to think that that's the whole reason I have the membership for. There's no grand final there. It's already bad enough they've already taken one of the origins away. If they took the grand final away, there wouldn't be much point being a stadium member. Correct. So for that reason, uh, I hope it definitely stays. Um, and again, my mind is absolutely fried after the weekend. I can't think of much else talking point wise or any of the messages I had. I think there's one or two that I still haven't responded to or got back to. I apologize for that, but I'll have a look in the next day or two. Where are you at this weekend, mate? You said you got the dragons, dragons down at Shaw Harbour, yeah, yep. And obviously, just need to keep winning, yeah. Good win over the Jets on the weekend. What about the uh, beer and food festival? That was... Yeah. 
12,000 people there. It was chockers. Shout out to uh, Albie Tellerico. He was calling the game again. He didn't say good day to me, Albie. Board member. He should have. Come on, Albie. It's not like you wouldn't know who I am. He probably looked at you and thought, is that him or is that not him? I don't know. Is that? I haven't seen him since before COVID. Yeah, well, I've never met Albie. But well, maybe I met him once. Uh, no, I don't think you did because the few times I got you in with me it was when him and Curtis both weren't there. Yeah, right. And it was just me and you. So maybe you haven't met Albie, but... No, he was uh, calling and still... I think he's part of the board. He's been long well, we, we were sitting just to the right of the people that were calling it. Mm. Well, that was definitely him. Yeah, it. no, it wasn't just him. There was multiple... No, no, I'm just saying... I yeah. wasn't looking at who he's was a, calling or who was... He's a board member or part of the board there. He's a long-term jet. Fortunately, we didn't give him much to cheer about, which was good. Mm. And uh, I had two games on the weekend. I did that unis game. Got a late uh, invite or a call-up to do that one. That was at North Sydney. Considering, like, you know, they'd only come together that week, pretty good. But New South Wales on the back foot for the majority of the game. A lot of sort of Q-cut veterans in the Queensland side, but they got them on the counter attack a few times and jagged that. Mm. And the uh, junior league game I did for that Central West Conference, that Dogs Eels combined cop, turned out to be an absolute belter. 32 all draw. Wow. It was a topsy turvy old game. Mm. When he, who had won nine in a row, eight wins in a draw, hadn't lost, had a loss the week before, lost a couple of players. They come into it, um, come out, scored first up, and I thought, that's a good way to start. Then they caught three in a row, three back-to-back sets. I'm like, okay, that's not good. And then literally bombed three or four, had dropped one over the line, dropped another one going in, one was knocked out. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then they caught one right on half-time, and I thought, that right there is the make-or-break moment. They either go in here and they sink because they just think, oh, fuck, nothing's going our way, or they'll come out and just think, we almost scored. We'll find a way. So they copped another one early. It got up to 28-6, and I was really like, wow, mm. okay, this might get ugly. But then they proceeded to just slowly chip away. They scored four in a row. Then had a man put in the bin, conceded. There was a kick from the sideline. It left it at six points. There was a minute 10 left. Thought for sure the whole front line would be up for a short kickoff. They only put three there. The halfback dropped it right in the middle. Yeah, had a carry, and on a short side, a back row, I just turned into the juggernaut from... X-Men and leveled one bloke and threw him into like two defenders and ran 30 metres and scored. Wow. And they kicked it from the sideline on full time. To draw it up. To have a draw. So it was wild. Yeah, good. Very wild. And some of the crowds have been very good, but with that game and the way it played out, it was pretty nuts at old ring rows, I must admit. So it's been very, very good. And I've rambled every week, but basically every game has been one score or less. Yeah, that's good. So... Um, for what they were looking to get out of it, I certainly think, again, for a team that won Harold Matts and the Dogs and Parramatta were in the prelim and very, very close, to be putting your best together rather than leave them in a division where you know they could probably beat up on a few teams, there's no easy games for anybody. And even the teams that have been at the back end are not won as much. They've been good nuisance value. They haven't been easy beats. Yeah. So from that perspective, I think uh, looking at their Harold Matts squads, they're going to have some good players to pick from. Because iron sharpens iron, and they're, they're certainly all getting a good test. But I've, I've seen some fantastic players too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've really watched, look at the match results next year with great interest to see where those two land on the ladder again. Yeah. Because if they're in the top four at the pointy end again, it really wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, good. But that concept, um, yeah, with changing demographics in junior leagues, and obviously we know that that's going to be something that continues to happen moving forward. Mm. Um, it was a good, it seemed like a great idea, but I think it's planned it even better than what they would have expected. Yeah. On both sides, so got another cracker this weekend. Guildford 
who are loaded are playing winning again. So go. winning on the back-to-back. And then I think I've got Guildford again the week after. They've sort of only had one game so far. Everyone basically gets three. Only a couple got two, depending on the draw. Yeah. Um, and then we got Chrissy's from the dog side. It would have been really, really good. And then Hills to finish. So a couple of good games to finish up. And then I think the final series, given the games that I've seen so far, will be awesome as well. There you go. Other than that, you got anything else for us, mate? Zipper, man. <laughs> Tied? Yeah, I'm buggered. Mm. I think that's probably the word to sum things up. Yeah. Sort of woke up today and thought, mm, still not feeling the greatest. No. I um, think decent sleep and, yeah, move on to things that are going to happen next week and then uh, time heals always. Work past everything, but... Let's wrap things up here, shall we? Big thank you to bluebet.com.au if you're going to have a bet with anyone. Make sure you do it with the True Blue Bookie. Charity account, bet of the week. Keep your eyes on the app and for that one there. And obviously hoping to add to the charity account this week. Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, Toby and the team there. Corner of York Road, Batch Street, Penrith. Sinclair, Hyundai.com.au, Facebook and Instagram. Go see Toby and the team. Tell them that we sent you to Big Edited Bastards. I'll uh, have to have a beer with the great man soon. And Penrith Solis and a joke in the team there. Showroom 130A Batch Street. Go check it out. If you're looking to get a system, I'm telling you, he'll talk you around to get one. You can sell ice to the Eskimos in that regard. 1800 Um And just want to iterate probably what we said at the start again. Um, to our pop, he was a fantastic man. Great human being uh, for all of us. Was a larger than life figure. Big personality, and and you wonder why I can talk under uh, wet concrete with a mouthful of marbles, as my nan used to say. He was very, very good on the microphone and pretty fast and witty and a, a commenter himself, but um, he's going to be sorely missed. He will be, yeah. So, sad that for that side of the family, well, like I said, we obviously have awesome grandparents on both sides, as do a lot of people. Some people aren't lucky enough to obviously get to meet theirs. Ours lived all large and full lives. We've got our pop left on our mother's side. Um, but three in the last 12 months, like age, I know everyone says it's age and you expect it to happen, but it still certainly doesn't make it any easier when you do see it happen. No, it doesn't. So, um, all were great people, but yeah, on the shepherd side of things and the connection up there at Mudgee, they're both gone now. So mm. that's sad. Yeah, very sad. Very sad, but uh, we'll certainly celebrate his life the right way uh, next week. We will. When we go there. The great man. We will. But I'm going to finish with his old favourite one-liner this week that he always used to say to us. So instead of enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league, Pop always used to say, can I tell you a secret? It's been fun having you at our place. Go for that. It's been fun having you here listening to us talk shit. But there you go, Boxhead. Go to bed, mate. Enjoy. Everybody out there, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 